Hey everybody, episode 149. We start out the show with good buddies Aaron and Brian coming on talking about their St. Jude Dick Hiley Bass Tournament fundraiser that's going on this weekend. We talk about the Intune Marine Demo Day and then Austin Neary from Dreamcatchers comes on and talks swim baits and fish tips. I think it's worth the listen. Enjoy the episode. This week, the Hell of Ass Bass Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Arsenal Fishing offers premium custom-made performance apparel and tackle. Arsenal delivers a wide variety of custom-designed baits, accessories, and tools, along with unique utilitarian apparel for all outdoor enthusiasts. As part of their support, you can use code HELLABASS15 to save 15% on all purchases at arsenalfishing.com to support the show. Now let's get back to helping you catch more bass and suck less. What's up, everybody? Hello, Bass Live. Brought to you on a Thursday night this week. What's going on? Brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Uh, we will have dream catchers on very shortly to talk swim bait fishing. Austin Neary. But in the meantime, I got a couple of friends to bring on tonight to talk about a few things. What's up, Aaron? Brian, what's going on? Hello. What's up, Rich? What's going on, everybody in the live chat? So uh, Aaron and Brian are on and uh, want to talk about something special going on this weekend that they got going on, a little bit of a, a fundraiser for St. Jude. I don't know, Aaron, can you tell us about uh, the event? Or I guess maybe just tell us about St. Jude and the tournament and what you got going on this weekend. Yeah, so me and Brian, we've been fishing uh, the St. Jude, Dick Hiley St. Jude for the last 12, 13 years. Um. And we like to raise money for it. It's a great cause. Uh, so we're throwing, uh, it's called a spring fling this Saturday from 11 to 2 at my office, 5151 Edina Industrial Boulevard, Edina, Minnesota. Um, so you can bring your kids. There'll be popcorn, free snow cones. We'll have some games. They can win some prizes. Uh, there'll be food. We're getting Chick-fil-A. We'll probably order some pizzas up. Um, yeah, there'll be lemonade drinks, so it'll be fun for everyone. And, uh, you can go on our website right there and donate, or you can donate when you get there. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. All right. So it's in Edina. It's in an office building. So even though the, so it's in an office building, (laughs) the weather is not going to be amazing this weekend to be uh, outside. So this is probably a good thing. You want to get out of the house take the kids, do something fun, play what basically like carnival games and do some stuff like yep. that. And yep, exactly. Exactly. Throw a so. few bucks in the, in the cookie jar for St. Jude's. Uh, so why do you, I guess maybe for the, those that aren't familiar with St. Jude's, just give us like the, the Dick Heileke tournament, like what last year they raised, I think $750,000 in a single fishing tournament. And where does that money all go for St. Jude? Yeah. Yeah. I could jump in and take away on that. Um, so we've done it, like Aaron said, for uh, 13 years. I think I've done it for 15 years and the tournament itself is probably, I would say the best, most well-run tournament in the state that I've seen. Um, they have a huge staff that assists with everything. Um, Gretchen, she's kind of the director. She helps with everything. She helps us. The tournament entirely is, you know, it's, it's fully focused on raising funds for the 
St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. 100% of all the donations and proceeds from this event go to that hospital. So they're going to take, you know, whatever. We're going to have, you know, 80, 80 teams, right? So 160 guys and, and women that are going to raise funds for this tournament. And what those funds are going to do, um, it's all going to go to the hospital. And what they do is they they help us through the whole process. I mean, the tournament itself being for the kids at, at St. Jude, it's, it's pretty incredible. I mean, from, from the tournament itself to the event leading up to the tournament, the night before we'll have dinner and they'll actually bring a family in from the hospital with their kid. And they'll actually speak on behalf of, of, um, their testimony, if you will. And in front of all of us, and it's very powerful and very moving and, it really touched Aaron and I a long time ago. And then um, I can't remember what year it was, Aaron. What was it, like five years ago? Yeah, like we five actually, years ago. Um, just due to us, you know, doing the event for, for quite some time now, they actually asked us if we wanted to go down to the hospital. And that experience was, like, incredible. It, like, legitimately changed my life. Um it's a very powerful place. Um, I encourage you to research the company more and more. Uh, you see them all over the place, commercials and everything, and kind of what you see on the commercials where everybody's laughing and having fun. That's like exactly what it is. Um, it's, it's cool. So Aaron and I have had the pleasure and opportunity to fish this tournament for a long time. Um, it's incredibly well ran, like I said, and, you know, super competitive, you know, there is payouts for the event. They're super lucrative. Uh, so it's really fun. Plus, Aaron and I love the river. And it's just it's just a win, 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 win all the way across the board. So, Yep. And right if on. you can't make the event, go on and donate. Every little bit helps. Doesn't matter if it's $5 or $100. It all adds up. <clears throat> yeah, cool. Yeah, so I know I'm going to plan to take uh, my youngest Saturday, hang out for a little bit. Uh, I think I already made a donation on here, but if anybody wants you to, did. I'll drop a link. Thank you, Rich. The, uh, <laughs> no problem. Uh, so if you can't make it, if you got a dollar, if you got $5 to help out St. Jude's, this is a worthy cause. I'm pretty sure this is one of the charities where it actually does pretty much all go to where it's supposed to go. So um, it's it's one that you can feel good about throwing a few dollars to. <clears throat> so, but uh, yeah, so. It's a great event. I've watched the weigh-in a few times, talked to a bunch of people. I tried to get a partner together to go fishing now, but maybe the tournament is getting moved to the fall because of the high water on the river. So, mm -hmm. uh, and we will get to talking to swim baits here in about uh, eight minutes here. So those that came for just swim baits and didn't want to talk here about St. Jude, <laughs> uh, we'll be there in just a few minutes. So, <clears throat> but yeah, so I, I think it's a great cause. Um, maybe I will end up even fishing it this fall, but just wanted to, if you live in the cities, consider going to the event uh link in here in the description i'll put it in the video comments and description if you're watching this in the replay later and you want to check it out or if you feel like dropping a few dollars that's awesome too um are you guys going to finally win it this year or what sure I hope so. so sure hope so it'll be fun fishing it in october be totally different mm -hmm. different fish doing different things and normally every year we fish it they're always you know it's either pre-spawn pre -spawn, or spawn so 
it'll be totally different. It'll be fun, you know, kind of everybody will be on the same playing field, hopefully. Yeah, River absolutely. rats will probably still kick our butts. But. Yeah, for sure. For sure they will. And I guess one other thing this weekend, well, I we got Brian here, and full disclosure, Aaron and Brian are both in my bass club. Um, known these guys forever, good friends. But uh, the Intune Demo Day is uh, Sunday. What, 10 to 3? Yes, sir. Fletcher's. Spots are starting to fill up. Only one person riding the CX-20 at this point. So how do people get in the uh, the Slamis to go for a ride with me? What's 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 the process? Thing? So, so we're going to be open tomorrow and Saturday. So that's your opportunity to give us a call. Look through this list. Whatever boat you want to drive, you can drive all of them if you'd like. Uh, we'll have boat drivers, um, obviously driving all the boats. You can hop in whatever model. So multiple times, if you want to book two hours in a CX-20, you're absolutely able to do that. This is the largest gathering of these three brands and uh, the pontoon brands that we have all in one spot, uh, to my knowledge, in the Midwest. So we actually have people, I have a customer flying in from Illinois. We have a person coming from Iowa, Wisconsin. So anywhere within the Midwest, this is your opportunity. If, you, if you're ever wondering, Camus, Phoenix, or Vexus, this is your opportunity because you can go on the water in all of them in one place at one time, which is pretty unheard of. Yeah. And so aluminum, fiberglass, multi-species, pontoon, just about anything you'd want to get your hands on. And if you don't want to go for a ride, you can just stop at the docks and look in the compartments and talk to the boat drivers. And there's, I don't know, free food, right? Yeah. So, so obviously we don't have awesome weather on Sunday, but we're still rolling. You know what I mean? We're fishermen. We're out there. It's going to be 50 degrees. It's going to be cloudy, whatever. 50 degrees is fine. We have, we actually have rented an indoor area at Lord Fletcher's like we always do. And we're going to have a huge catered buffet. So you can go inside there and eat and, and warm up for a minute before you go on your next ride. We're going to have all the industry reps there from Camus, Phoenix and Vexus, Sylvan pontoons, Bentley pontoons. So it's going to be a great time. So it always is. Cool. That's awesome. Um, all right. Well, cool guys. Anything else? We good? No. I think Banger said he was going to have a pickle jar there to donate to mm. the St. Jude. Did he say that, Rich? I, I don't think so, but I think you just said <laughs> <laughs> We'll figure it out. We appreciate it, Rich. Thank you for everything. And uh, yeah. anybody who uh, participates at the demo event, thank you. And anybody who uh, donates to St. Jude, thank you so much for that. We appreciate it. Yep, absolutely. Thank you. All right, guys. We'll catch you guys later. All right. Thank you. See you, Rich. See ya. Yeah, well, thanks. That was awesome. And now for the uh, the main course tonight. Oh, we're on? live. Did I, did I, I didn't give you much uh, warning here. What's up, Dude, Austin? that is totally okay. I'm actually, I found this in a pawn shop today. I've got no idea what it is. You're not sure what uh, swim bait it is? Yeah. I'm kidding. I know what it is. It's a hinkle tr or a hinkle yeah. shad, baby. <laughs> Did you really get it in a pond job or are you just uh playing with your toys? No, I uh I you know just coming hanging out in the shop all the time and having so many little sneaky squirrel swim baits. Uh I had a fella, a really good friend of mine, he said, Hey man, I'm like really looking forward or looking for one of these baits, and I'm specifically I can't tell you what it is, um, but I had two of them. 
And Hinkle Shads are pretty expensive, and I needed a backup one. I've been smashing giant fish lately on them. Uh, I don't know. I, some of some of your viewers might follow Ben Milliken. He's a really good friend of mine. I just got back from Texas with him just a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, right before he ended up winning at Toledo. But uh, anyways, we went down there and absolutely smashed him on a Hinkle Shad, and uh, we've been catching them pretty good in the mountains for a while on it. But I'm like, I probably need a backup one, but I don't know if you've seen what they're eBaying for. They're going for like $4 million. So that's it. Well, I mean, with, yeah. with the way Dreamcatchers is going, that's not a big deal, right? Yeah. Well, exactly right. I wish. I wish. No, but I, uh, I had a couple of the baits and he had three Hinkle Shads. And I can't tell you who he is because people will absolutely blow him up. So he said, man, I only need two. So he's like, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll trade you one of mine for two of those sexy baits. And I said, deal. So that's what I did. And then, um, I'm actually, I'm not a huge fan of uh, these side fins right here or even mm-hmm. these pubic fins up under it because what will happen is, and I don't have trouble hooks on this one because uh, the hooks that were on it were pretty trash. But, uh, stick. well, yeah, that's exactly right. The the fins, they protrude. I don't know if you can kind of see how they protrude off the mm-hmm. side of that bait. So what will happen is those treble hooks will end up grabbing those fins. So I'm actually taking – a razor, which some people listen, a lot of people take these baits and just rub them on their genitals. I actually like to fish with them. So, you know, so some people they're like, Oh my gosh, you're hurting the fins. You're ruining the fins. And uh, if you lose one, are you swimming for it? The answer is absolutely. Yes. <laughs> how how deep love. will you swim for it? <laughs> so I actually, when I first started throwing big baits, one of my first, big expensive swim baits was at OG depths 250. And one of my buddies was standing behind me and you know how you cast big swim baits. You kind of like lob them. Yeah. You, a lot of guys watch Butch Brown and just, you know, a couple of these guys just yeet them over the shoulder. I think they're a bunch of morons, but uh, you can just lob them like that. Well, he was standing behind me with his rod tip down and it got wrapped around his rod tip, broke his rod, snapped my, uh, my depths 250 off, landed in 11 foot of water. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I gotta get this bait. I gotta get this bait. Well, no joke. The lady comes out and's like, um, I have some goggles if you wanna find it. And literally so it was in uh it was about 12 foot of water, which by the way, um swimming isn't a strong suit of mine. Uh I wouldn't say I'm a great swimmer, but it took me about 30 minutes. I found the bait. Thankfully, it was uh pretty clear water it was in. But yeah, I gotta imagine that like a glide bait probably doesn't just go like this probably no it does well it, but, uh, it, it no that that's not that's not how they sink either they literally just okay. a lot most of them just sink just straight up okay, and down so, just like this so but yeah. it does stay it doesn't you don't have to worry about it like gliding off six feet to the left or yeah no they don't they don't do that most of them okay. most of them just sink now actually like a bullet if you had a one with like a bullet weight and a slender profile and maybe if you didn't have it hooked right it would kind of you know twist down falling sure. but no most glide baits they're tuned to sing the sink at a sink rate about like that. But what I do with most of my baits, because uh, our we, I fish a lot of Highland reservoirs here in Western North Carolina, upstate South Carolina, North Georgia, we do either wrap weight around the front treble hook or on the depths two fifties. It's that silicone skin. So they actually have pockets on their chest that you can add more weight. So mm-hmm. I like to weight mine. So mine sink really fast. So if I throw them, if they like break off, they're sinking quick. So it, it sure. is part of that deal, just part of it, you know, but thankfully I've only ever lost like uh, 
this is going to sound absurd. I've only ever lost one big hard bait. I have broke some hard baits, but as far as losing, like I've only lost one. So ever. And in like 10 years of guiding and, and about 12 years of big bait fishing. So not terrible. Not bad at all. <clears throat> That's cool. No. So, dude, are you unthawed up there yet? We did. So, yeah, the uh, uh, ice right by me officially went out, I think, April 14th. So, yeah, just a few days ago. <laughs> yeah. and, and they're already they're already on beds. Eh, not quite. No. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, but actually, but like two hours north of me, there's still ice. Jeez, that I couldn't do it, man. It sounds like you need to move you and all your northern midwestern homies need to move to the south yeah i think like i think nick right you're from, is there is ice still up by you nick a few other people in northern minnesota that come in the chat is uh is there still ice up there i think there is i don't know what i would do do you get i remember when i lived in maryland i used to get like winter fever really bad like i couldn't i like i like i gotta get on the water i'd freak out i'd have bad attitudes i'd get the shakes i probably look similar if you ever drive down like one of the back roads in Baltimore and see someone like cracked out, that's probably <laughs> what I look like when I don't yeah, fish so for a long time. Nick and Man on a Mission, both up in the Brainerd area. Greg, uh, which is probably two and a half, three hours north of me. Lots of ice. Yeah. <clears throat> Jeez. I couldn't do it, dude. I couldn't do it. I drove Sunday, I drove three hours south to go fishing because the bass season doesn't open in Minnesota and the river, I go to the river, it's closer, but the river is like above flood stage right now. So it's really kind of a, Oh really? You'd have to like try to launch your bass boat off the highway or something, which is not ideal. That's purely Uh, because of, uh, because of ice melt is why it's flooded. Early rains and ice melt. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Makes sense to me. So went down to Iowa Drove three hours to fish for eight, and then drove for th- left at like six in the morning. Got home at like ten thirty at night and fished for like eight hours. Hey, I've met a fella. He's fishing on the EQs, and he's a hammer in Iowa, and he guides for whitetail in the fall. He's got You're long hair. Yeah, talking about name? Ben, not Ben's buddy, is it? Yeah, it's Ben's buddy. I'm trying to think of his uh, name. Love him, dude. I, I fished against him quite a few times in the Bass Nation. Um, dude, I hung AJ. out with him. After- Yes. AJ knows him. He's in Nebraska. What's his uh Brock? No, so it's not Brock. Not Brock Bielik? It's not Brock. No, I hung out with Brock. There's another okay. fella. I'm, I'm I'm hating that I'm drawing a blank on his name, but he was freaking awesome. But he's he's from Iowa and I I'm a big time deer hunter and I'm like, oh dude, you know, talking deer hunting with him. And anyways, it was a, it was a good old time. We had a we had a big throwdown shindig there in, uh, at Toledo Bend after uh, Benny absolutely ran away with the competition. So yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it was, dude. When so when I was down there in Texas, we fished a certain lake, which I'm not going to mention, but we fished a certain lake, not super far from Toledo Bend, and uh, was this I the live seen, oak lake? Yes, this was the lake where the live poke was first uh introduced to the humans we invented it somewhere in outer space brought it down to our homie that just totally hole jumped us but uh yeah we uh we we're fishing this lake and uh you know i'm familiar i had never been on toledo bend but i'm like 
I've seen Toledo bend. I've seen, you know, the watercolor and stuff. I'm like, golly, this place like sets up exactly like it. He's like, yeah, I've, he'd never been on Toledo bend before. And I'm like, yeah, you like your chances, you know? And he's like, ah, not really. <laughs> you know, just, just like a tournament guy. You're just like, well, right. 220 dudes in the field and you know, someone's probably going to find them better than me, but he is so dialed into that, that big gizzard shad bite. And uh, I was like, man, if there was one that I was going to pick you to win, I said it'd probably be Toledo Bend. And uh, and sure enough, I mean, he just absolutely ran away with it, dude. What a freaking tournament. I was so pumped up. I was actually, we, you know, he's a good friend of mine. We were talking before it, and then I would I talked to him in the evening and in the morning before the deal. And uh, then I talked to Cole after day two, and Cole's like, dude, he's got another mega bag. And I just was like, I'm getting down there and booking a flight. So went down there to hang out. And experience that with the man, just super stoked. And uh, man, just I tell you, he's uh Ben Milliken is a special dude. One because of how dedicated he is. I've I've never met. Listen, dude, like I'm a guide. I've loved to fish since I was a little boy. Ben loves fishing more than me. I just and I'm okay <laughs> to say like he loves. And let me tell you something, dude. He loves it more than you. He there's nobody I've ever met that. Dude, there's I'm not gonna mention certain podcasts, but there's certain podcasts that just like are not great. And he's like fishing podcasts, and he's like, I'm eating it up, eating it up. I'm like, dude, can we like turn to like put on some Theo Vaughn or some Rogan or something, dude? And he's like, No, I gotta listen to this. And I'm like, they're not even talking about anything great. And he just soaks up everything fishing. It's amazing. And uh, anyways, but like I said, he knows his deal with the big swim baits, dude. And a lot of that comes down to just a lot of time in Texas, a lot of time chasing around those caliber fish that are doing that. And, uh, you know, as a guide, I always tell people, and, you know, we own a tackle shop, Dreamcatcher's Fishing Supply. Mm -hmm. We sold, you know, I mean, we literally sold probably 20, 30 swim baits today out of the shop. But so many guys think it's like a, I either got to just commit to it or, or not. And that is just not the deal. Like if you're trophy hunting, if you're wanting to trophy hunt, that's totally how you have to approach it. You have to say, I'm going to lock this SOB in my hand and I'm going to fish with it all the time. But the reality is as a tournament swim bait guy, dude, it is a tool in a toolbox. I fished a tournament this past week. Uh, I didn't do great. Uh, had the chance, I think maybe not to win it, but really tickling the wind. I broke off on two giant smallmouth, four plus pounders. Then I jumped off a five pound largemouth on a mega bass plus one. And, uh, but the deal was, dude, you got to know when to pick it up and you got to know when to put it down. And uh, it's a tool in a toolbox, man. I think so many guys, you know, they see the followers and I'm telling you forward facing sonar and swim baiting has like even made your brain that much more like knotted up because Naturally, when you're fishing a big glide bait or a big soft bait, whatever, you're going to see followers if you're reeling underneath the surface. But forward-facing sonar, sonar now, you're like, holy cow, there's like a thumb-sized blob on my screen, and I know it's a bass, and they'll follow and follow it. And you just kind of keep – you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to catch one of these fish. But you really have to understand, like, you can read their body language pretty quick and know whether it's they're going to go for it or they're not going to go for it. And then you've got to back up and punt and say, hey, I want to conventionally fish uh you know and maybe here in an hour or two or maybe i pull up to my next spot you know and try it but a lot of guys it's for so long you know like uh i love carl jockinson uh i've talked to carl a couple times and uh a couple guys and they're just like i'm gonna force feed this son of a gun until <laughs> they freaking eat it 
And listen, dude, as a guide and as a trophy hunter, I'm like, I like the mentality, bro. Do it to it. But the reality is as a tournament guy, there are certain times where you just literally have to be like, hey, I just need to get, you know, two or three three pounders in the box, you know, or a limit. And then I can start throwing the hammer and trying to trying to make magic. So, yeah, I I was actually so I watched last night. I was uh, had to do some things late and I didn't feel like editing or anything like that. So I actually watched. Ben's practice video, and then I watched his day one video. I think day two came out tonight, but I didn't have time to watch it before we went live. But you can see in the tournament video, if you're watching and pay attention, that he was alternating the Carolina rig and the he was testing the bait, the glide baits. And show the, you text messages from Prefish where he said, "I cannot get bit on a big bait. I don't right. know what the deal is. I'm catching him on a Carolina rig." I can show you those text messages. Yeah. So in, in practice, he never showed or caught. A swim aid. He talked about not getting bit, and then mm-hmm. he tested it in the tournament after he had, I don't know, 17, 18 pounds on his Carolina rig and caught some good ones. But he even after he got bit on the glide bait, he still went back to the Carolina rig several times oh, if you're watching the tournament. So I think he showcased really smart uh, use of picking yeah. it up and putting it down. And I think even if you listen to some of his interviews afterwards, he didn't ever lead with the swim bait on these points because he'd be worried that he'd pull the fish off the points and ruin them. So, dude, that was another thing that I was 100% going to talk about was you can tell pretty quick based on how they're set up. And let, and let me say this, it's obviously different from Texas as it is at Lake Hartwell, as it is to Lake Oahe, uh, it is in the Potomac river, as it is all the way out in clear Lake. like fish will set up different on different bait forages. So, the more dialed in you are, I say with your forward-facing sonar, you can you can look at how a fish is positioned or how active it, they are or swimming around or whatever they're doing and say, hey, that that is an aggressive fish that's like in a feeding mode. And you can push the envelope saying, I want to go with the big bait first and try to get the big fish out of the school. But 100% agree with you. A lot of times, you know, you can approach it subtly, which, you know, he was doing the Carolina rig deal the other day, you know, with me you know, a big smallmouth love a dang Ned rig. I was using a, I think it's like a big TRD or whatever, but same kind of deal. I'm like, I'm going to start with these smallmouth piddling around because I know they'll eat this and I see some giant blobs down there. But the thing is, I don't, God forbid, I pull the whole school, all the smallmouth and all the big largemouth to me. And then they're up under my boat and I get, I tell them they get what I call cheese headed. Like you ever eaten so much Mac and cheese? You're just like, Oh gosh. Like, or so much pizza. It's like, you're just like, I don't want any more. I can't, I'm going to die. You know, they do the same thing when they chase these glide baits, just that, that motion, that big bait, their lateral lines going crazy. Their senses are super heightened. And it's just like, it's like hitting a freaking weed, man. You're just like, (laughs) they're like, Whoa, what, what is that? And then all of a sudden they're like, "Um, I I don't even want to eat. I, in fact, this is no joke. I was riding, I was driving Sago around the cameraman for bass. Mm -hmm. And, uh, this was at Lake Lanier when Paul Mueller won and Chris Saldane was having a really good tournament. And anyways, Chris, Chris is paralleling, uh, Chris is paralleling this bluff wall on Lanier and this giant spots following his bait. And he, he, he picks a swim bait up real quick, turns around and picks up a methylate worm, dude. And he flips it in there and guess what happens? Smoked it. No, nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing happened. Nothing happened. And I said, I said, has, have you ever had that work? 
<laughs> and he said, I've never had it work. I just always think one day it might work. <laughs> because all those fish, man, they get so locked into that big swim bait. They get so dialed into that thing swimming. And then, and then they're just like, what was that? Is there, you know, and they just get, like I said, they get cheese headed and uh, like, like guys from Wisconsin, the cheese heads, but uh, you know, it's really hard to follow up those fish. A lot of times you literally have to leave those fish and then come back to those fish. And uh, yeah. you know, it's very, very similar to spotted bass fishing or brush pile fishing, like in the Carolinas in the summertime, you usually can take a cane walker, you shine your forward facing. It didn't matter before forward facing or not. If you just had a waypoint with brush on it, you knew you could throw a cane walker over a brush pile. One would come up and eat it. The whole school would follow it because you'd see them literally trying to eat it out of their mouth. They'd go up under your 2D sonar. You may or may not catch another one. You probably not. And you honestly, you catch one fish or you make one or two casts, catch one or get a couple blow ups. And then they all follow your bait to the boat and you just go on to the next deal. That's a lot of what it's like big swim bait. And it's like, if you're going to, do that you better run and gun at a really fast pace you forgot to trip your trebles with some sharp cheddar that's the juice heck yeah man put some of that uh i don't know you could put some of that well i tell you the truth just rub it in the top of your butt crack if it's a real hot day and smell just like a gizzard chat <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think the only time that it works to fire fish up with a swim bait is on a bed, but that's a totally different thing. So. Oh yeah. Totally, totally different fishing. But have, have, have you done that before? A little bit with like smaller bluegill baits in Minnesota. Yeah. 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 That's, that is ridiculous. A lot of times dude. And a lot of people haven't tried this and, and don't get me wrong. It's, mm, I would say it's frowned upon because a lot of times you're not going to hook that bed fish in the mouth, like in the mouth. Um, but a lot of times if you can't get a big female, if she's away from the bed and the male's pinned down on the bed, a lot of times when you throw a big glide bait on the bed, the, the male will hit it a couple times, but he's like, I don't know what you want me to do with this. This thing's freaking huge. <laughs> and it draws that female. If she's, right. if she's like not pinning down at all, dude, I'd say 80% of the time she'll come down and, and try to take care of business. And, uh, you know, sometimes you hook them in the mouth and sometimes you don't obviously, bed fishing it's you know to be legal it has to be inside the mouth so heck yeah i do use yeah, live poke i'm gonna be poking all of them i'm gonna be the devil we were just talking about that guy oh is he on right now unless it's an imposter no doubt dude that's my guy that's that's old benzel benzel <laughs> oh shoot i thought, the, I thought uh, is he, he needs to get some rest you need to get some rest hero nice well, if that is, congrats, Ben. Yeah, uh, no it's his, burner, it's his uh, Facebook burner account. He can't be no he can't doubt. be seen on his YouTube account, so he's got to use his Facebook account. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I got some other things that uh, I might I might uh, I might show some text messages and stuff. <laughs> yeah, please. See, see if it really is a burner account or not. Yeah. Uh, can you uh, can you ask questions that only uh, you can answer and you can verify it and we can, that's, we can, that's uh, exactly. can two step authenticate this uh, Facebook account. That's exactly right, man. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of the guys that like if you're doing a tournament, typically don't put a hook in that swim bait like they'll throw a hookless glide bait if they're trying i mean in a, in a bed situation where you're trying to like fire a fish up so you don't foul hook it somehow. Yeah. Uh, but the other the other thing would be to with a specifically like a big soft bait to make sure it's a single hook that's, you know, sticking out 
out of the back of it and they're actually inhaling that thing. I'll tell you a, a great bait that I've had success with was a bait that Oliver turned me on to was that Defiant. Because that Defiant, the the heavier Defiant has that heavy weight in the chest and it'll sit perfectly horizontal or perfectly vertical in that bed with that big mm-hmm. jig hook sticking out of the back. And a lot of times they'll go and they'll just flush the whole thing after it pisses them off enough. And it sinks fast enough where you can kind of bump them in their side. And, dude, they just get wigged out with that big bait, period. So they'll end up inhaling it. So a big single hook. You could use a HUD 68, you know, like a top hook HUD 68. Uh, that would kind of be the deal. But, I mean, if you – or if you want to be just like Miguel Long, I mean, just freaking use a treble hook and screw <laughs> why, why put a swim bait on why, – why put a swim bait on the hook? I mean – Yeah, exactly right. You want a little swim bait with that treble hook? Nah. <laughs> Oh, that's just gonna that's just gonna reduce your hookup ratio yeah or you could just take a live bluegill like the guy did in japan and just catch it like that yeah i mean that's even more sporting i'm not above. listen i'm not above it dude i'm from western north carolina where everybody's neck is red okay like we fight chickens for side money you know <laughs> nice uh, Ugh. I mean, it, I mean, if you if you legit saw what you thought was a twenty four pound bass on a bed that you couldn't get to eat anything else, and you thought you could get it to eat, and it was legal, right? You would eat a spear. I would spearfish that. <laughs> so I was gonna say like, <laughs> uh, you couldn't you couldn't cert, you couldn't certify IGFA if you spear it, but obviously, yeah, obviously. Bait, if it's legal in your state to use a, 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 a you know a bluegill or something, then so. Look, you're talking to somebody who's an anarchist, man. I just look if you. I, this is what I tell people: if you can sleep at night, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. That's terrible. Obey your laws, people. Obey your laws. Everybody loves the government, right? <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, nice. So, dude, tell me about it. Let let. Me, what kind of swim baits are you throwing? I want to know what kind of swim baits you're chucking up there. Well, uh, I just got a new swim bait. So I'll be honest. I, like, I think I admitted this last time. I'm a bit of, I've only caught a handful of fish on swim baits. So yeah. I, uh, back to what we're talking about, right? Like the tournament guy, I am much more like prone to, I don't fish enough. I need to go out and fish more so that I have more time yeah. to like, but like, I think you talked about like in a tournament, you got to know when to pick it up, when to put it down. Totally. But I do think in the learning process, you kind of need to be a little more stubborn and be more hard headed and, and throw it more just to get your reps Dude. in. Dude, well, so listen, you say that, and I'm going to cut you off here for a second. I'm sorry. But as a guide, I'm constantly guiding people. I take so many people who just want to catch fish. So it's doing the shaky head thing. It's doing the Ned rig thing. It's doing the drop shot thing. It's doing the wacky rig thing. It's doing the Nico rig thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, I I just, when I go, or even when I guide them, I'm like, hey, you're just going to do this, and you're going to catch a bunch of two-pounders. You know, occasional three, maybe if we're lucky, we catch a six or a seven, but I'm pretty much just going to throw this all day and just watch what's going on and everything. Right. So uh, that is hilarious. Yes. Crime rate probably will rise 30%. Um, I'm just going by my alias Frosten, but uh, you know, I'm throwing these, I'm throwing these baits a ton. And like you said, dude, getting reps and getting those reps when I'm on the water 300 times a year, dude, that's a lot of reps. Me just kind of piddling around watching Ford facing sonar on the front of the boat and uh you know seeing how fish react to those things so you know great point just to reiterate so, what you were saying 
So I need to like spend some time throwing swim baits and not worry about whether, well, when I'm not in a tournament, when I'm not pre-fishing and not worry about whether I'm making a video that day, because yeah, <laughs> it seems like the pressure of making content usually gets the better of me. And then I end up catching it on a jig or a jerk bait or something. Yeah. But uh, I did. So at the classic, I did pick up. The hey, cool, man. Why, how did I, how did I miss you at the classic? Because you didn't answer your DMs because you're busy. Looking oh, at that's, I think you're actually right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dude, that thing's hot. I, I want one. Yeah. You got that so on day my one. My understanding, this is, is probably what, like we would say, Buka's answer to the Chad Chad, kind of a choppy yeah, style yeah, wake, right? more of a cho choppy style glide for sure. And uh, absolutely a tournament style bait. I think any bait that has that very tight action. If you think about the baits that absolutely get ripped by bass, you think about a jerk bait, a walking bait, just anything that has that very, you know, side showing you its side profile, dude, it gets bit. So that chop style glide. And this is also, I'm a big fan of the clash, you know, the DRT baits, the clash nine, the yeah. tiny clash, because, you know, I wish I had one for whatever reason. I don't have one with me right now. Uh, but they they just show you that whole side profile every time they turn. And it just allows that fish to, uh, you know, triangulate that strike a little better and, and get them. So, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what that is. But I did make, I mean, so when I was out fishing Sunday, the water temps were like 43 degrees. So it was probably, a, mm -hmm. I, in my, so I've never... <laughs> But I threw it a little bit just to see what it was like, just to kind of like what, play with it. What length is that? So this is a, is a six, seven. I tell I tell my wife that's nine. Yeah, it's it's, it's uh with the I mean the so hard bar to the body is six with the tail. It's probably seven and three eighths. Memory always add two inches to impress yeah. her. But uh, so like in your opinion, the chop style, which you typically yeah. work a little faster. What, yeah. what, I mean, obviously <laughs> rules are made to be broken in fishing, but what type of water would you typically say is when the chop style really gets going? So, um, I would say when they honestly, dude, when they're eating a jerk bait, so if they're eating a suspended jerk bait, they'll absolutely smash a glide bait or chop style bait because it's very similar action. Right. And I think a lot of guys, when they are thinking about fishing, they don't, they don't kind of line up like, uh, seasonal patterns with seasonal baits like what's a what's a really good bait from 43 degree water to 60 degree water a jerk bait right so you know the, so what does a jerk bait do it goes like this right you know it says well guess what else does that dude a freaking big glide bait you know so it's very similar and i think a lot of it would be uh you because uh, so many people once they are throwing these swim baits Dude, who doesn't love watching a strike? Who doesn't love watching the beauty of a glide bait go back and forth? But you got to take it and kind of put it out of your mind and say, hey, I want to get this thing in a little bit deeper water. And I want to use it just like a jerk bait and get that thing where it's going. Just like a jerk bait. I mean, it's so similar. Just like, okay, in the dead of winter when it's really cold and you're like, all right, I've got to drag a jig, right? So what what's big swim baits are like similar to dragging a jig? A, a Huddleston, mm -hmm. a Defiant, a big soft bait, you know, in the summertime when they're smashing topwaters, you know, that topwaters that are flying across the, you know, with serpentine actions or whatever, 
That's when you break out your multi-segmented bull shads and, and triple trouts and herring style baits. And, yeah. you know, the more, the warmer the water temperature, the more aggressive the body language, the more action you want on your baits, where the colder the water, the less aggressive, the less actions you want on your bait. So kind of as the water, you know, when, I, when the water starts to warm, the action of my baits gets, gets, you know, a little more wild, you could say. And I still catch a lot of fish on a glide bait in, in 80, 85, 90 degree water. Uh, you know, it looks a little different, but that's the time when I'm like breaking out a big top water rat or uh, an MS slammer, just some kind of wake bait, the DRT joker, just, you know, a big wake bait on top or, you know, whenever you're throwing top water, just think, okay, I'm just going to upsize my presentation to a bigger top water style bait. Or if it's colder, I want to, you know, golly, they're, they're hitting my jerk bait with like, you know, a four or five second pause. All right. Just add a four or five second sink to that glide bait down. And, you know, once again, these things sink, like, you know, you can get them to wait and it, you got to be a little patient with them, but they sink relatively slow. They act a lot like a suspending jerk bait. So you can take those things, throw them out there. It's this same style actions, jerk, jerk. And I think it's going, shoom, 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 and just, yeah. So, so I was wondering like, but do you think, a even you would even use the chop style versus a more traditional glide when it's cold like that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and once again, I would even say you'd have, the chop style bait is so unique because, okay, think about why bass strike. They strike for three reasons, right? Let's see if I can remember all of them, a change in speed, a change in sink rate or a change in direction. All right. So if you think about why a bass feeds, period, it's a change in speed, a change in sink rate, a change in direction. Okay. So check this out. A chop, a chopper glide is so unique because every action it has is a very sharp action. Like even think about when you burn a chopper glide, it's very like where like a traditional glide baits more of that like long slalom. Do you know what I'm saying? So that chopper glide to me is kind of starting to be even more introduced into like, man, this is more of a tournament style swim bait purely because it creates so many reaction strikes because it's that sharp change of direction. This is why the DRT is such a ridiculously great bait, by the way, whether you're in crank mode or glide mode, that it's such a freaking sharp action. And that is what creates a bite. And this plays in, let me tell you something. Um, I'm a really big fan. I know a lot of guys when it's really tough, they like to go lighter on their jigs and their jig will fall really slow. Right. I have noticed I've tried this. I've got, like I said, I've got a lot of, a lot of a decade, 300 trips for a decade on the water, 3000 trips under my belt. Sometimes I'll actually go to a five, eight ounce jig or a three quarter ounce jig when it's tough. Because I'm, I'm at this point, if they're just going to be tough, the only way they're going to feed a lot of times is a reaction strike. So instead of going with this slow jig, this three eighths ounce or quarter ounce, where it's like, uh, sometimes they, sometimes a jig sinking like that in front of their face, they just they turn and eat because it once again, just like that chopper glide, it's that quick, fast action, just like a heavy jig, it creates a reaction strike. So, you know, I, I think. It's one of those things you got to experiment. I will say this now. There's no one size fits all in swim baiting, just like there's no one size fits all from bait to bait to bait. Uh, you know, I think sometimes uh, you got to experiment with different actions. Sometimes they do want more of that slalom. Dude, mm -hmm. I've seen 
I've seen a I've seen a river to sea, a $45 river to sea S waiver fit outfish a $300 OG Depths 250. I've seen a uh, OG Depths 250 outfish a $500 Hinkle. I've watched a uh, a triple trout outfish a bullshit. You know, just I've seen sure. these baits, yeah. and for whatever reason, they just react to that action, that that cadence of vibration, whatever it is, at a little different pace. So, you know, it's it's good to maybe have a different, a few different flavors, and uh, you know, maybe you get keyed into one of those where you're like, man, I'm I'm noticing I'm getting way more followers on this bait than that bait. And then there's a feeding window and you're like, all right, I want to throw the bait that I got just more action on earlier. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, still uh, a bit of a, like it, it, I was very much just playing around with it. I don't know. I mean, I fished for like eight hours and had five bites on a jig and a chatterbait. So, I mean, it was definitely a grind. It wasn't a day that I was feeling like compelled. Let's go experiment. Instead of experiment and see if we can get less bites. That'll be awesome. (laughs) <laughs> those days where you're getting a bite every hour and 45 minutes those are yeah those are the days that are tough you're like i think i'm probably just gonna throw a ned rig on <laughs> and listen i tell guys this all the time dude you know one of the big things that i think separates you know maybe a lot of the big swim bait guys is one some of the big swim bait guys are just crackheads i'm just gonna say it they're like i'm just throwing a big swim bait and that's what they do and that's fine but the other thing is dude being on the water a ton affords you the ability to be able to burn some days trying things. Right. Right. You know, like my dad who he does guide for us some, he's our, he's our general manager of dream catchers fishing. He doesn't really get to fish very often. He gets to fish maybe two or three times a month. So when he goes, he just wants to get bites, man. He just wants to feel the tug on the end of the line. If he catches a four or five pounder, he's tickled to death about it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Guys that are working, you know, you know, Monday through Friday and they get a day on the weekend and then a day with the family, you know, the other day, I understand that, uh, you know, they're just wanting to get on the water and get some bites, but ultimately that really limits you as a fisherman because you tend to always revert back to what's comfortable and whether it's life or whether it's fishing, you can never grow in the comfort zone, right? Mm -hmm. You've always got to kind of push the envelope of your comfort zone be willing to sacrifice, be willing to struggle, be willing to grind. And that's where you grow. Growth is in the grind. So, you know, for someone like me, where it's like, dude, I'm on the water all the time. I, I can, like, I, I was, I was out guiding someone the other day and they were fishing and catching them. Oh, it was some boys on, on Chickamauga. They were throwing worms around and catching them. We were pre-fishing for a big high school tournament. And I threw that the entire time. And they're like, Oh man, we're out fishing you. And I'm like, I'm, not fishing really to catch fish. I'm trying to one, I'm trying to pre-fish for you guys and move a lot of big bass off of beds and under docks and take inventory of, you know, where there's a, a majority of these fish. And the other thing is, is I don't really care. <laughs> like, like I'm not, you know, it's a big mentality. I get guys in the shop all the time and, and don't get me wrong. I was here at one point too, but I get guys on the time and they're like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just hoping I don't zero in a tournament. And I'm just like, oof. Like that's not a great mentality to have. Or like, I'm just hoping to catch five. I'm always like, I mean, I'm like, for me, it's like, why don't you just try to super focused and just, I'm going to try to catch the biggest bag I can. It's a different mindset. Cause one is like, I'm almost limiting myself to where like the five fish limit is the best I can do. I'm just hoping I get five. 
or like I'm hoping I don't zero. It's like you're I'm I'm not one of these huge guys that's like visualize it and it'll come to be, but I'm am one of these guys that like, man, if you like positive thinking, positive thoughts and working hard and all these things, like it will benefit you. And uh instead of having that, I hope I don't zero or I hope I get a limit, it's like turn that shit off yeah. and freaking dude, just be like, hey. I'm going to try to target a different caliber of fish today. I'm going to try to get as many bites on those caliber of fish as possible. And that's it. It's a totally different mentality. Yeah. I mean, so, if, you, if you miss the mark, hoping not to zero, there's not much upside. Yeah, exactly right. There's the old, there's that old saying I heard back in high school, dream, dream of the star or dream, you know, dream about space and if you fall you'll still land among the stars or whatever it's like yeah it's kind of true or aim for the moon and if you fail you still land in the stars that's what it is you know it's like it's like yeah that's as cliche and stupid as that saying sounds as a 30 year old man uh it's true it's like hey let me go out here and try to sack a mega bag and dude freaking did you see what polemic did today yeah i mean he got some really nice ones on a I mean, I saw the ones he got on a on a big like a jumbo jerk bait, right? Yeah, the, like the, the mega bass canada, but uh, no, but he only had four. He had like four fish for twenty two pounds. He never got his fifth one. I didn't realize. Oh, no, dude, and guess how much you you think he cares? I mean, obviously you want to catch five, but he had twenty two. I mean, obviously, he wanted to get a fifth one so he could have twenty seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, I'm like, dude, he's freaking sitting in eighth place or whatever. He weighed in four fish. It's like. He wasn't thinking about like, oh gosh, I need to, I need to catch a limit. He's like, I'm going out to sack big ones. And he's, he even said that on stage, man. He's like, he's like, dude, I'm going to freaking go out here and try to punch some big ones in the face. And I knew I might not catch. He said, I might, I knew I might not catch, but a few of them, but I knew they were going to be huge. And um, anyways, I think that's the right mentality to have. I think so, dude, we can get philosophical here. Oh my gosh. We're about to get philosophical. Oh Lord. I wish I had like a too, special sound alert for this, but yeah, yeah, you need to you need to put a sound alert, dude. Too many people play it safe with their life. That's that's actually the reality of of the whole thing. There are so many people that just are scared to fail. They just end up playing it safe their whole life. And I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. I understand it, but I think it's always rooted in fear and when you are scared to fail that means you lack faith and if you lack faith it's really really hard to succeed you have got to honestly just believe in yourself believe in the process and and just go after it man so many people are just they just play it safe because they're scared and man, it just honestly it gets you nowhere. I'll tell you one of the biggest motivating factors of my life is, yeah, that's right. Do it, man. I mean, seriously, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big believer in being an entrepreneur, but uh, you know, man, maybe Austin Aristotle. Thanks dog. I'm going to get that tattooed on my neck, bro. Austin Aristotle. Neck tattoos are the best. Oh, for sure, dude. That, and I need an NBA like kiss thing. I, I see a lot of the NBA guys got that kiss on their neck. From their baby mama what's up shouty but uh anyways now a lot of guys play it safe dude and uh you know i just don't i don't want to be the guy that lives with regrets and i don't i don't want people to live with regrets man i want people to freaking maximize their life 
be the best of them. I believe God put us all on earth to be extremely special with purpose and mission. And listen, dude, I have, I have a family. I've got a child. My wife's pregnant with number two. We're having a little girl. Like I feel those same pressures. Yeah. Thanks, man. I feel the same pressures to provide and, and do all these things, but man, I want to, I want to live my freaking life on my terms. I want to, I want to freaking go out and get after it. You know, I think everybody should. I think there's a lot of growth in that. Once again, you can't grow in the comfortable spaces. And if you're, uh, if you're scared of failure, it's, you're, you're probably gluing your ass down to a comfortable chair somewhere. So, or throwing comfortable baits. Yeah. I need, I need the uh, Minnesota season to not be closed. Cause I feel like when I drive for three hours to fish for six, I want to catch fish. Whereas, that, like, dude, maybe, <laughs> you know I mean? maybe I'm Whereas if I could go after work every night for three nights a week, then I wouldn't care if I went out for a night and didn't catch fish, but maybe <laughs> I'm inspiring you to learn Spanish and move to Lake Bacharach in Mexico. There you go. Dude, think about it. Think about this life. You can literally Make drugs with the cartel, make a buttload of money, and catch bass. And uh, put heroin inside of Hinkle Trouts and ship them to the United States. Why do you think the fish eat them so good, bro? <laughs> I feel like this this podcast is going to be on restricted mode on uh, YouTube. It probably will be. I'm kidding, YouTube. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, big brother. No, but speaking of missing out, man... You know, uh, a lot of guys and listen, there's a lot of guys that are desiring to be entrepreneurs in this industry. And uh, you've had me on. <laughs> yes. Hella crap. You've had me on before and we've talked entrepreneurship. We've talked about business and stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm all about I want to see people succeed. And I'm actually, you know, I think we talked. Briefly are you delivering on the are you delivering on the teaser? I'm about to deliver this baby, dude. No, no labor pains, all baby. I had a coach tell me that one time. He said, Neri, I don't want to hear your labor pains. I want to see the baby. So you're about to, you're about to get the full delivery right here. But anyways, uh, as an entrepreneur in the industry, as a fishing guide, I constantly get peppered with questions. Hey man, I'm going fishing. Where should I go? And what should I throw? And I'm always like, Hey dude, are you coming by the tackle shop? You support the tackle shop? No, don't have time. Hey, do you want a guide trip? No. Um, you know, too expensive or no, whatever, maybe I'm already booked up. Well, what we have created or what I started doing was I started selling tips. I just like a father and son would be like, Hey, I'm coming up. I have my own bass boat. What's working. And I'd be like, Hey man, this is how I provide for my family. This is my intellectual property. I've worked hard for this. So let me sell you a tip. So anyways, they would, they would, uh, pay me and I would create a text and, and screenshot some waypoints and start selling tips. Well, one of the dudes I did this with was a tech developer. His name's Adam Bloomston. He's a uh, radically successful entrepreneur. Uh, he's the founder of the third biggest payments platform in the world. But he uh, he's like, dude, why don't we make an app or some tech or a website around this? So we recently just launched Fish Tips for guides and highly dialed in anglers to be able to sell in-depth fishing reports. So when I get people, when I get people that are constantly messaging me, hey, man, you know, I you know, I want to go out on the lake. I've got my own boat, whatever, you know, what's the deal? Or I've never been to this lake before. I can literally say, Hey man, you know, fish have been biting on secondary points and lay out a couple baits, talk about the colors of the baits, why I'm throwing these baits drop, you know, 14, 15 waypoints or areas like the back of this pocket or, or, you know, this point, whatever, and, and really help these guys go and have success. 
I know a lot of guys are like, this sound, or not a lot of guys, but some guys are like, that just sounds weird. But think about this from a guide perspective. The only way I can make money is how? Spending a day on the water, booking a trip. That's exactly right. I my my earning potential is limited and I can still service people with my intellectual property, my hard work, the years of skin cancer I've given myself being on the water. I can still help father and sons, you know, go out and, and make a make a memory. My dad, who just went down to Florida with uh, with some buddies, they fished five different lakes. They fished five different lakes in Florida and they paid a guide six hundred dollars to fish one lake. Well, dad was like, man, instead of paying one guide $600 to fish one lake and figure this one lake out, I would have rather spent $100 on five different tips for those other different lakes. So I could have had success at all those lakes. And I was like, dad, that's genius. That's exactly why we created this. And, uh, you know, so if you've ever, if anyone has ever asked you, hey, man, how are you catching those fish? Or, um, you know, freaking, or maybe you're just on the water a lot and you just know how guys are having success man, I would encourage you. This is a great way to make some, some almost passive income uh, in the fishing industry. Essentially it's like a virtual guide. So I, you know, there's nothing like this. It's a lot of, there's a lot of people are like, that feels weird. It it sounds weird, but think about, I always tell people, dude, think about Airbnb. It was like, yeah, you're going to, you are a stranger to someone and a stranger is going to rent a room in your house. It was like, what? You know, or Uber was like, uh, yeah, a stranger's going to pick you up and drive you around the city, another stranger, and they're not going to rape you and murder you. It was like, what? You know, it's like all these <laughs> things sound kind of weird in theory, right. but they work. It's a marketplace because here's the deal. There are fishermen that are in the know and know how to catch them. And there are fishermen that want to know how to catch them. So we've literally created a marketplace to help anglers who know how to catch them monetize their intellectual property and help these guys who want to know make a memory and maximize their time on the water. I think it's an incredible business opportunity. And I think honestly, like, man, I just think it's a great opportunity for guys to be able to have success, whether you're going to a new lake for the first time and you've never been there before and you want to have success or you're someone who's like, Hey, I've wanted to be a guide or I'm trying to figure out how to make it in the fishing industry. This is a great way to do it because ultimately dude, I could talk about this for hours. Dude, there are very, very, very few secrets left in fishing. With podcasts like this, guests that you have, other podcasts with um, live stream, with all these other things. there, Dude, you can freaking look at the background of pictures and be like, oh, I know where he is. Dude, there are very few secrets left. So what is actually the most important information? It's the most recent dialed in information. So if I, as a guide, go out and catch 20 pounds or 25 pounds with a customer on stuff that I figured out and I worked hard to fish and someone says, hey, man, how'd you catch those fish today? I can literally still increase my revenue or increase my income through fish tips and sell them how I did it and further monetize that. So ultimately, the people that I guide, they're going to tell five people. Those five people are going to tell five people. Those five people are going to... And eventually, everyone's going to know my crap. I've done it for 10 years, dude. I know. I've seen it. People get on my YouTube videos, and they're like, hey, I I know your, your fishing spots. It's like you and everyone else. But guess what? From day to day, 
the really hot spots change. And if I'm on the water all the time, I'm able to help sell that intellectual property and sell that information to help other anglers succeed. So there's nothing like it in the industry. We're empowering entrepreneurs. We're empowering people to be able to pursue their dream of making money fishing. So I'm really excited about it. The platform is nowhere near, nowhere near where it's going to be. But, you know, we're working on a seller's platform, like a dashboard. Like my wife and I, we have a few Airbnbs. I can see how many people are clicking on my Airbnbs, my, my monthly income, all these things. We're working on a seller dashboard. We're working on a review process. We're working on, um, uh, you know, further vetting process. Like, hey, are you a professional angler, an amateur or a professional tournament angler, an amateur tournament angler, a full-time guide, a weekend warrior, a collegiate angler, and just really getting you know, this process where we have trust people that are trusting the sellers that like these guys are who they say they are and they're selling good stuff. I had a guy the other day and God bless him. He's like, he's like, well, how do I know you're not selling me crap? And I'm like, um, well, I have almost 10,000 YouTube subscribers. I've got 10,000 Instagram followers. I have a, a respectable name in my business. Why do you think I would sell you crap? I guide people six days a week. Why, like, why would I jeopardize my reputation and sell you crap? And so there's people with like this, look, there's two, there's two kinds of mentalities in the world, really. There's a scarcity mentality and you think the world's out to get you and no one else can have success about you or with, or unless it's you, or there's the abundance mentality when it's a growth mentality, success and everything. And a lot of people that have scarcity mentalities, they're negative Nancy's and pessimistic. And, you know, they're just honestly, mostly miserable people people who are growth abundance mentalities tend to be like, Hey man, this is great opportunity and so forth. So, you know, it's like these guys' reputations are on the line. Like why, why would they sell you something stupid? Why would they sell you dog crap? You know? And that's why we're yeah. introducing the review process further too. So. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, obviously it'd be definitely more confidence, right? Like if somebody's selling a $50 fishing tip and they've got, you know, 30 reviews and people have given them 4.7 stars. It's like, well, I have a lot more confidence to drop that 50 bucks or hundred bucks than. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. So we're working on that review process right now. And in fact, our product manager, Josh, uh, he's, he's been in contact. So, so far on the platform, I think we have like six sellers we've been. Okay. So we've had the platform on for two months. We're still in what I would call like really, I mean, dude, early, early tech development here. Alpha. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we're literally infancy stages, but we, we already have six users that have made over a thousand dollars on the platform. <laughs> um, it's hasn't gotten huge by any means. Uh, you know, some people might've seen my boy, Benny Mills posted a, uh, posted a tip up there from our 43 pound bag in Texas. Uh, he had sold it a $500 tip. So talk about people desiring to know how and where he's doing it. You know, like don't dude. you can scroll Instagram and I do this every day. I scroll Instagram, see someone holding big fish. And you know what my first thought is? I wonder how they caught it. <laughs> I won't. Every, every fisherman wonders. And guess what? If I'm going to that lake, I might buy that tip because I want to know, like, how, how is he catching it? Where is he catching it? What? And, right. I, you know, it's like that's that. And listen, some people take pride in. Uh, and and strong arming it and figuring them out on their own and look there's nothing wrong with that do that but this i guide so many listen i guide so many 
multi-millionaire businessmen that work their ass off. They do not have time to spend on the water. All these people that are, are honestly, your naysayers are like, they should just spend time on the water. They they don't have time to. They made a billion dollars. Okay. They're, they're interested in leaving a legacy for their family. Maybe they're business entrepreneurs. Maybe they're in the grind of life. They don't, they don't have time to go out and figure out a damn lake. That's why they buy. They just bought a Nexus. They just bought an icon. They want to go catch fish in it. Exactly (laughs) right. So these guys who are like, they just need to figure it out. I'm like, you're stupid. Keep your mouth shut. Listen, these guys don't have time to. They're business people. They they have lives outside of fishing. Your life, my life, a lot of fishermen's life, our life revolves around fishing. We make time to fish. A lot of these guys, their lives revolve around golf and business and stuff. They just have a boat and once a month they want to go out on the boat and have success. They just want to know, hey, where where should I go and what do I throw? It's that simple. And they're willing to spend a hundred, two hundred dollars to make that happen. Of course, they'd love to freaking or, you know, in my case, on all of our lakes are, are, you know, a lot of the people that have lake houses uh, in Western North Carolina, they're like business people from Florida. They're business people from Atlanta. They're only coming up to their lake house for three or four weeks a year. They don't have time. They're not here all the time like I am. So they're just like, hey, dude, what are the fish doing and what can I throw? You're already booked up. It's all good. I've got my own boat. And this is a way to service those people. And then guys like my dad, who he's not a hardcore tournament dude, but he loves twice a year going to Texas or Louisiana or Florida or Arkansas with some buddies to a huge lake they've never been to. And they're like, where do we start? And honestly, they're not super great anglers. They're just but they want to go have success. And this is a way to literally, my dad is willing to pay people to tell him, hey, man, go here, go there. And you might be like, well, that's weird. Well, that's what guides do. <laughs> the guides yeah. sell way, sell their waypoints. Every time they take someone to a fishing hole, they're selling a waypoint or they're selling a pattern or they're selling a secret. That's part of making money as a guide. And guess what? If you're a tournament angler like these guys on Santee Cooper, I watched Steve Kennedy today. This is a big secret. Rich, don't tell anybody. I saw Steve Kennedy on the one bridge that goes across the canal throw a big swim bait. Guess what? Everybody knows that now. It's not a secret. Like these secrets. Let's not call a six inch mag draft a big swim bait, Austin. Hey, you better stop telling secrets that are out there all over the internet. (laughs) You know, it's like, but here's the deal. They might be here today. And if a guy fishes them and says, Hey, here's some fish here. And they might be gone tomorrow. It's a, it's the, it's a, it's a part of fishing, but the most recent dialed in information is valuable to anglers that are willing to, to pay for it. So anyways, what I, you ask away, ask any questions or give me some of your thoughts. Yeah. There's a couple questions on, uh, on the, the fish. Tip. <laughs> uh, Austin Matt will, wants to know. Uh, Austin, will you be able to upload tutorial videos on fish tips in the future? All right. So, uh, a couple questions here. My one would be like, are they teaching tutorials, tutorials for guys to like, Hey, this is how you, uh, maximize fish tips and help out. Cause this is what I've noticed, dude. Okay. There's a very specific algorithm with this. If guys create a tip and then share that tip as a clickable link in their Instagram story or a Facebook post, they sell within like two hours. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Our data is unbelievable on that. If guys create a tip and then post it on their social media, whether it's an Instagram link or a Facebook post, they sell almost within two hours. It's incredible. The other thing is, um, you know, I would I would argue some of the stuff like 
I don't know about like specific technique stuff. A lot of people, you can just search YouTube, how to throw a wacky rig, how to throw a swing gig. You got Bass University for that, right? Like, Yeah, exactly right. Bass University is a great platform that guys are already doing this. I think with this more is like highly dialed in fishing report. Unless maybe it was like just like a 30, 60 second video that like further explained the tip, right? Yeah, so like, and we are, we're, we're working on that. Yeah. We're working on that to, uh, to further help that kind of trust process we're trying to develop on the platform. Like, Hey, you hear the guy, the guy's conviction in his voice. He's talking about how to do this. He's got a, the topography map showing a couple areas yeah, and breaking it down. But yeah, we're working on those little video tutorials, just something small like that. Yeah. So questions, Austin, do your tips include baits and where to get them? Maybe a shop on the way shop local, man. I love that question. Um, we haven't got there yet. Like I said, we are in like, baby baby infancy stages of this thing we're really just trying to nail down how smooth of a flow can we get people onboarded to become a guide um how easy it is to create a tip how easy it is for people to purchase a tip so eventually we want to get there we think this has potential to be huge and we'll see uh tackle shops partner with us and so forth so what was that last comment there i didn't see it he was just saying that you're 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 uh you're a legend oh thanks man i I appreciate that. I don't think of myself much of a legend. I just really care about people succeeding in life. And I like seeing people catch their dreams. That's why I named my business dream catchers. I assume that so, uh, your, your, your bright green clash sold this afternoon. Uh, actually, I don't know if it did or didn't. That was the clash joker. It's a really loud color, that chartreuse color. Um, it's definitely unique. The Listen, my Japanese brethren, they like that. Dude, they like those freaking pinks and, and bright chartreuses. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I just keep it natural, keep it sweet. But, but, but hey, for some of those baits, like, right, like the, some of the clash stuff, right, that are super high demand, hard to get, just buy it and send it to TK or your favorite painter and <laughs> have them throw a nice shad pattern on it or something. That, that's, that's exactly right. Not a lot of people, I don't know, not a lot of people think like that. You're a um, Ford, you're a Ford thinker. Yeah, I did. Uh, I so I did sign up just to see what it was like. Uh, By the way, yeah, how was your? I trust me, I'm an admin on it. I get to see like new signups and new when po when posts sell and everything. What'd you think of the flow and the process and everything? It was it was pretty quick. I mean, I think it took me five minutes to sign up. You know, yeah, includes, like, and probably the hardest part or the not even hard, right? The, the longest part was authenticating your Stripe, right? So you can yeah. get paid. Yeah. So Stripe. <laughs> so, so Stripe authenticates Airbnb, Uber that is stuff so yeah yeah so i mean outside of that assuming you, you want to get paid uh if, if you're yeah. gonna do this right then that probably was three minutes of the five minutes to get started. yeah yeah so uh, we're you know we're thinking like i tell guys and how long did it take you to make your tip maybe five minutes as well yeah maybe yeah yep yep so you know i'm telling guys like if you think about this as like man so obviously we as a founder of the platform we utilize this platform like crazy I get all of our guides daily after trips. Hey, take, you know, take pictures throughout the trip, whatever, post your, your pictures on the trip. Talk about where you saw bait fish. Talk about where we found fish today. Talk about what baits we use. Talk about how the weather tomorrow might affect what they do and put it up there. It takes five minutes. And so five minutes of the time, and usually we're selling our tips between, you know, 30 and 75 or a hundred dollars. We're seeing two or three tips sell a, sell a day. So that five minutes, creates a lot of times 150 to 200 dollars of cash flow that's pretty yeah. good that's pretty good 
return on your time investment. Yeah. In absolutely. my personal opinion. Yeah. And then you said, you said best practices, if you really want to move it, right. Follow it up on your socials. Right. And totally. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. That's the big thing. And you know, so I'll be a hundred percent honest. I, so I made my, one of the first tips was for Lake Joe Cassie and there's a Lake Joe Cassie, which is uh, above Lake Hartwell, above Lake Kiwi in mm-hmm. South Carolina. And uh, there was like, which by the way, I think like a lot of losers just hang out and live on Facebook. Someone might get pissed off at, if I say that, but if it's, if, if you take it personally, it's probably cause it's true. But I went on the Joe Cassie uh, Facebook page, fishing Joe Cassie, everyone, their mom was always saying, Hey, what's working? Where to go? Blah, blah, blah. There's all this clutter. So I like posted a $50 tip out there. Like, Hey, had 22 pounds today. This is how I caught them. And uh, thankfully a lot of people watch our YouTube channel and everything. And they were like, Oh, this is awesome. Cool, man. Thanks. And we, we had sold a couple like boom, boom, boom. And then like, I had like 50 people like UMFR, who are you selling tips, selling advice, selling. And I'm like, and then thankfully some other guys were like, dude, he's a guide. Like this is what he does. He takes people fishing. He helps people catch fish. People pay him for his, for his knowledge, you know? So anyways, it's like, dude, it's, it's a little bit polarizing. You know, some people are like, it feels weird. Some people are like, it makes perfect sense. I'm just, telling people like this is a this is a niche in the market listen to this i'm gonna t- i'm about to drop a bomb on you you ready secrets are the one thing in the industry that everybody's trying to monetize that nobody has ever monetized yeah secrets are the one thing that everybody has tried to monetize that no one has monetized and really I would argue there's no secrets. I would argue, once again, it's most recent information, those recent information. Like the other day, a guy had bought a tip. I said, hey, man, have you used your tip? He said, no. He said, I won't be able to use it for a week. But he goes, what you did was help me pinpoint where a big school of fish were because, and now that I know where I think or where you told me there were on the tip, I think I know where they're going. And I was like, boom. And he ended up going out. Uh, him and his dad ended up uh, doing really well on a on a lake that they had never fished before. And he's like, he's like, dude, you know, and it's like, you know, like little club derbies and stuff. And listen, some guys are like, I he, he bought it for me, whatever. It's like, dude, dude, do you want to talk about this? Do you know how many pros are messaging guys for recent information before tournaments? Oh, yeah. I mean, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I thought Austin, I thought the pros couldn't do that. I thought that was illegal. Yeah. Glad you think so, Bubba. <laughs> like, there's definitely a lot of them that are, <clears throat> let's just say, pushing the envelopes. That's exactly right. And I'm like, look, screw pushing the envelope. Let's just create a platform that you just throw it out there. Like, instead of just beating around the bush, hey, you know, you can't tell me about this lake, but what about the neighboring? Like, what's the deal? You know, it's like, <laughs> you're freaking, you're, 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 you're either breaking the rules, you're not breaking the rules. Either way, this is a great platform for people to buy tips. That's that's where I'm leaving. You know what I'm saying? It's I, like, think, I mean, I guess <laughs> the tournament people that aren't supposed to buy it, I think it would, uh, right? I think actually paying for it and having a paper trail would be. Uh, oh, ob- not- obviously. But I'm saying, yeah. okay, other than the highest upper echelon, the Elite Series and MLF and the Opens and maybe the Toyota Series, I don't really know pretty much everything else is fair game. Like, and dudes will do anything to know how to catch fish, where to catch fish and have a good finish. Yeah. 
So, so listen, that's great. So Clay says, I like the exclusivity on this. You only sell it to one guy slash person. So that's what's really unique about this. We're also introducing a feature right now. Um, you know, we we haven't really marketed this. Like we're not throwing it out there on everything. Like this is very organic. I've been messaging guys and telling guys like, hey, you need to be on here. It's a great way to make some supplemental income. But we're creating a feature where you can literally limit how many people buy your tip. So it's like, um, this is a great example. The other day, there was a big tournament on Lake James, which is a small lake. It's like 7,000 acres in North Carolina. But there was a big high school tournament. And a father was like, dude, I just bought a, a boat for my son. He's so passionate about it. I've ne- I don't even know anything about it. But like, can you can you sell me something? I'm like, dude, I just had a guy trip out there. I found the winning school of Big Small Mouth, period. Like, end of story. And uh, I said, I said, I will sell you the tip. I said, it'll be $200. I said, I won't sell it to anybody else. He said, okay. So I, I created the tip through fish tips. I put it up there for $200. He bought it. I sent him the link. He bought it immediately. And then I inactivated it. So he bought it and got it. And then I made it inactive. Him, uh, His son ended up going out, never been on the lake. Uh, his son ended up finishing second out of like 150 some boats. And he texted me and said, dude, this was the best memory I've ever made with my son. And I, I was like, I was like, dude, that's what this is about. That's what this is about. You know, I, I created that one tip for that one guy and, and, you know, they went out and had success and that's what it's all about, man. And, you know, like I said, there's, there's going to be some guys that want to use in club tournaments and whatever, dude, like that's their prerogative. What I'm simply saying is, there are people who want to know what's working and there's people that actually know what's working and we're create, we've created a platform to bring those groups together and not even make it awkward. Cause guys are always asking me, they're like, Hey man, uh, you know, how's Molly doing? How's little Isaac? How's the business been? Hey, uh, how you catching your fish? I'm like, dude, you don't give a shit about my family. You don't care. You know, you, you just want to know how I'm catching fish and it's totally okay. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that. Here it is for 50 bucks. It's not awkward anymore. You don't have to, to beat around the bush and, and waste my time. I, I have 173 text messages right now. I don't I don't want to re- keep replying to stupid stuff. Dude, I'm just going to create a tip. You want it? Buy it. Ha, ha, there yeah. you go. You go my way. I go my way. You go your way. That's, that's Do it. they automatically expire at a certain point? No. And the reason why is because I'm sure you, you find value, too, in looking at past tournament results or how guys were doing it. You know, like if you look at the date range or something. So like maybe if I create a tip for this day, maybe next year, there's a guy who's like, oh, I want to see I want to buy a, a $25 tip or a $50 tip. What, how they were catching them last year to kind of get an idea of maybe some starting points on where to go. So and, and the other thing is this talk about the exclusivity, which was a great point. You know, when you freaking Google search fishing report for Lake whatever, and it's the most generic bull crap you've ever read. Fish points. It, yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, great. There's 3000 of them on the lake, you know, or it's like, it's like, yeah, the fish could be in deep water. They could be in 35 to 45 foot of water, but if you, and then it could be in five foot of water. And so then by the whole time you're like, well, they narrowed it down to pretty much every cubic foot of the lake. You know, it's like, this is obviously way more dialed in than that. So, you know, I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be extremely special. I think it serves a huge, uh, yeah, I told me, I don't disagree. I totally don't disagree, but you know how many got, dude, you want to know how many pros hit me up before Bassmaster classic on Lake Hartwell? I'm not even going to answer it. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, like, I mean, 
up until this year, Bassmaster Opens, you could literally be on the water with a guide like the Friday, oh. Saturday, Sunday before the Bassmaster Open. Yeah. So, like, yeah, guys have been hiring guides before tournaments for a long time. So this is yeah, that's I mean, exactly. Am, am I gonna do it? Probably not. But like, I could definitely see like, hey, I'm taking a buddy trip to Grand Lake, and like, if I can get a fifty dollar tip that's going to start us in the right direction, then that that's probably something. Think, think about how much time and gas you waste on a lake. You don't know where to start. What to, you're just like, it's, it's so overwhelming, dude. I mean, I can literally, literally remember in college going down to a uh, Lake Seminole and by the grace of God, we found some fish and had an unbelievable finish, but I'm like, this place is like 80,000 acres. And I don't even know what, where, what to it's do. A minefield. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm like, what, how do I navigate? Where do I start? And thankfully I literally was like, dude, we didn't even have electronics on our boat. It was sketchy AF, but I saw this one pocket. I'm like, Oh, let's go throw a rattle trap over there. And we found a mega bag of them. Just total blind ass luck but you know so to colby's point like dude i understand it it's it's dirty but how many guys are you hitting up hey man what uh what's been working and those guys are like i don't want to give you my secrets or you know it's like this whole thing dude it's like everybody here's the deal if people have a problem paying for it they're probably socialist that's how i feel or you just because it's like why why i'm on the water 300 times a year 10, 10 years, dude, I've worked my ass off to figure out the stuff that I figure out. Why do you feel the need to think you should just get my information for free? Do you know how many thousands and thousands of dollars I've spent in gas money idling? I guess that's the thing, right? So I think whether you would do it, you think it's whatever. Basically, all you've done is created a marketplace for the stuff that's already happening under the table as it is. That. That's exact, dude. You hit the nail on the head. It's like, because a couple guys and and say exactly what Colby did, and I would argue Colby. I would argue that you're projecting your perspective perception, which isn't wrong, but you're like a lot of people are like projecting how they feel into it, and it's like, I hear what you're saying, but this stuff's already happening. We've just created a marketplace where it can happen a little bit less uh, or a little more seamlessly and help guys. And once again, yeah, for tournament fishing, dude. You might think you might think uh, it's it's total crap. Some some other guy might think, hey, man, this is a great I've never been in the lake. This is a great way to, to get me pointed in the right direction. I don't have to spend eight hours figuring out where they were and waste a practice day and one hundred dollars in fuel. This is a fifty dollars to point me in the right direction. It saves me time, saves me money. And I, listen, I understand both scenarios. I don't have a problem with either scenario. So I would never hate on a guy for giving info. I'd call the guy who asked. Uh, for a pussy though. <laughs> so he said, it's not the guy giving the info. It's the guy asking for it. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, I under, I mean, I under, I understand it, but you know, dude, I can't, I, I think we've all asked buddies for info or reached out to people who we really didn't have great relationships with for some, for some tips. You know, we, if you're a fisherman, you've done it before. And, and here's the thing. The other deal is there this, and I can see some, uh, only attorneys, attorneys. Yeah, I hear you. Um, the other thing is, uh, you know, it's like, Hey man, my buddy showed me this spot or something. It's like, yeah, I, I don't know if I would be that guy to monetize my buddy's spot. You know, there's obviously these, he's like, <clears throat> or you go hire Austin to take him up fishing and then you post all the spots on fishing tips after you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm like, that's pretty bougie, but, but dude, do, do you think that doesn't happen? 
Right. Already? You kidding me? I got on Fishbrain the other day, you know, just part doing like market analysis. What are like what what they're using and tip stuff. And I'm like, what the heck's all this stuff from Glenville? Dude, it's literally pictures I've taken on people's cell phones posting my mother fishing spots. Dude, I was like, what the heck kind of bull crap is this? You know, they're talking about brush piles on points, giving away my freaking information for free, dude. That's horseshit. I planted those brush piles. I freaking wake up in the middle of the night and freaking go do this crap. And guys are just posting them for free. What? Wasting, dude, countless hours and money that I've spent and fuel. And, you know, I'm like, dude, that's ridiculous. So I'm like, hey, this this is obviously valuable. People value it. That's why they pay me as a guide. It needs to be monetized and not just thrown out there for the world. You know, it's just that's that that rubbed me really wrong. If you if you couldn't tell just now. Yeah, it's crap. Western North Carolina, Austin. Where are you? I'm near Boone. Yeah, bro. I'm located in Silva. Our tackle shop, Dreamcatchers Fish and Supply, is in Silva, North Carolina. We guide all the way out on Lake James, which is only like an hour 15 from Boone. Uh, and then we guide everything west um, and then south, upstate South Carolina, North Georgia, and uh, even a little bit in East Tennessee. Hella bass. I would love to see Austin fish at Lake Bowen, South Carolina. It's a real freaking challenge on the lake. Heck yeah, man. I drive over it all the time on I-26 on my way to Greenville or wherever the heck else. But yeah, I'd like to fish Lake Bowen too. Every time I pass over water, I do the same thing every fisherman does. I go, ooh, there's a dock or there's a lay down. <laughs> Look at that point. Look at that standing timber. Look yeah, at that. That's right, dude. I'm like over here straight drooling my did, wife. So like, do you do the thing where you drive through farm fields and then you imagine they're flooded? And then imagine. I do. <laughs> I do all the time, man. I literally, I literally, I'll tell you where's a great place to do it is in Nebraska where there's freaking nothing. Cause you're like, you're like, Ooh, if this ever flooded, that little ditch right there would be the mother load spot. Oh yeah. Oh, man. That little rock pile where the, the farmer picked the fields and piled them up next to that tree. Oh man. Oh gosh, dude. I'm always, always that stuff as a fisherman, I think we're just wired to think like that. So that's great. Great. Uh, what glide bait do you recommend for a newbie? I would 100% start with a DRT tiny clash or a clash nine because it's more than just a glide bait. It's like 20 baits in one, very versatile. Um, a lot of people are like, well, it's, you know, you got to pay a lot for them. We actually have an order here. Merry Christmas to all the hella bass listeners. We have 50 baits coming in Tuesday. We have 50 Clash 9s coming in to Dreamcatchers Fishing Supply Tuesday. You can get them at dreamcatchersfishing.com. I don't know when the drop will be. Go to our Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. We are always posting our updates there. And then I always tell people, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're always putting updates on our YouTube channel as well. So, anyways, Merry Christmas to so some Tuesday, hell of pass. May 2nd. May 2nd, yep. That's they're just going to go – So the the – just sit there and refresh the Dreamcatcher's website and follow All on Instagram. Day. On Become Tuesday. an unproductive human. Here, or you can get on fishtips.com, buy a tip to when we're dropping. I'm kidding. I would never do that. <laughs> uh, so, so you're getting both the the tiny clash and the clash nines? No, just clash nines on this order, and then we've got a big order. Eventually, our our uh, custom brown trout that we've worked really hard to develop is coming in. Dude, they're a little factory like in Japan, and there's a, quite a few companies that have custom colors and stuff. So they're working hard trying to get them. I ain't hating on them. You know, I want to get my. What is it? What does a Clash Nine go for on Dreamcatchers? Uh, 130 bucks. 
is is what they retail for. Clash now shipping for one hundred and thirty dollars. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I wish the margins were better in the products. Honestly, I wish. I got a really good friend. He works at Lowe's, and I'm, he's like, "What kind of margins do you guys operate with in the fishing industry?" And I'm like, "It's pretty rough, dude. It's like, I don't know, thirty percent most of the time." And he's like, "How do you guys stay in business?" I'm like, "I don't know. That's a great question." And uh, I was like, "What's what is it at Lowe's?" And he's like, "Yeah, most of our margins are like eighty percent, you know, between sixty-five and eighty percent." And I just wanted to freaking punch myself in the nuts. Like that's that must be really nice. The best way to make a small fortune in fishing is to start with a bigger fortune. That's exactly. I saw that. It's like how to become a millionaire fishing. Start with like ten million, ten million dollars. But yeah, to the point. Like that is basically that is MSRP, right? For the class. yeah, that's MSRP. One hundred thirty dollars is MSRP on a Clash Nine, and then I think I think it's ninety dollars or ninety five dollars on a tiny Clash. But this is the thing that I like about it. I think we talked about it before. I call but it like, PPA. Price but getting it on eBay, you're probably going to pay three hundo for it. Yeah, you're going to probably pay closer to. I'd say closer to two. But yeah, yeah, yeah. On some rare colors, you might pay three hundred. But uh, I mean, and I'm not. There's some colors I'm. I'm willing to pay some pretty exorbitant amounts of money for just because certain situations, like we now we do. I'm about to tell you a secret. We do have some canine colors coming in queen, which is like a. Uh, it's like a pearl with like an undertone of chartreuse. It's it's the most visible thing in muddy water I've ever seen. And they are very rare. So we're going to have them for $130. And you you could hypothetically buy a couple of those baits and probably flip them for, I mean, I've seen them go, st- they're still going for as high as $280, $300 for that color. So we'll have, hmm. well, I think we have eight or 10 of them coming in. So hmm. anyways, well, we always hold, we always hold like 10 to 15 for, uh, for locals and then we put the rest like up just, on the website so like 10 of them will go up on the on the store shelves yeah yeah and usually they don't last very long obviously there's guys when when i tell when i tell people yeah i've got them coming in like specifically for the locals there are people that drive from hella far to freaking come and get them they're like will there be people sleeping in front of the store when you get there on Tuesday. Don't know if that'll be happening because uh <laughs> don't give well, them any ideas. <laughs> well, listen, we're we're not far from the hood in Silva or where our store is. Um, so we have had people sleeping outside our store, but mostly not because they're uh <laughs> mostly not because they're waiting for baits, mostly because they're coming off a sweet meth binge. Don't flip them, fish them. I agree. I was uh we I did a just a QA the other night on on the Dreamcatchers channel and people were asking me how I felt about flipper baits. And I'm like, I don't really care about them because I'm a capitalist. I understand supply and demand, but I I do think baits were meant to be fished. I can't stand the guys that reach out to me for like a rare bait, like a like a hinkle, you know, and they're like, Hey, you want to sell it? And I'm like, not really, no. You know, or then I'm like, all right, I will sell it for, you know, $600. Like, that's preposterous. And I'm like, blanks, unpainted blanks are going for, you know, $900 on eBay right now. I'm like, I just made you an offer that's $300 less the the blank price. You still got to go pay $100 to paint the thing once you buy the blank. I'm like, I just made you a $300 off special and you're still complaining. Like, you're probably going to, like I said, I don't rub these on my genitalia. I fish with them. So they do get hook rash. They get tooth rash. I got one 
Oh, I've got more than one. I've got lots of baits that just look like sandpapers, just hit the top of them and the base of them. It's sick. Nice. Just straight up from teeth. Give me some more cues. They got more cues down there. They're they're questioned now. They're like, we're done. Dude, I'm running a freaking ultra marathon tomorrow. Oh, well, that sounds fun. I probably got to get some sleep. I just figured it's already going to suck. Might as well double team how sucky it is. I just scored an original Chad Shad a couple days ago. Can't wait to see. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. I do. Like I said, I don't care, man. It's your life. Do what you want to do with it. I, yes. I, I, I actually, uh, so I bought two trick shads at the classic. Do it, man. That's freaking sick. And I resold one to, to Brendan on here and I made like $3 on it with shipping. Dude. I sold it to him. Air nuts. Give me some air nuts. I I sold it to him at basically at the same price, just to help a buddy out. That's a that's that's a good friend. It did it did enter my mind to flip that second bullshed and pay for half of my other bullshed, but I didn't. Yeah. Hey, like I said, dude, it is what it is. Austin, have you messed with the flag two fifty five much? I'm loving it for fishing very fast to cover lots of water, dude. I have seen I have seen it. The action on the bait is absolutely incredible. I'm going to tell you something, um, and you might be like, "Oh, I didn't think about that," because this is once again a thing you think about as an entrepreneur in the industry. Um, I don't fish baits that I can't sell. That's just how I feel. I there's no this might sound douchey or you, I don't really care what you think of, think about it. But for me, we, we don't have a huge platform. Like I said, we have like 8,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel, but there's 100% value created when I post lots of cast to catch footage for certain baits. And if I can't get paid either by that company for promoting the bait or retail the bait, there's no need for me to throw it. So heck yeah. Freaking, I'm not very far from Gatlinburg at all. Hunt, or uh, I was going to say a, a hundred minutes, but I'm not a hundred minutes. I'm like 60 minutes. I'm about an hour, 15 minutes away from uh, from Gatlinburg. So, but did that did that make sense? Why why I don't fish? Oh yeah, we, we talked about that last time too. Yeah, um, it's 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 a. I mean, it's just tough, man. Because I want to use tons of baits, dude. There's a lot of baits that I really want to use, and for whatever reason, they just they won't sell to retailers or. Like, dude, I had one guy, I had one guy, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, I'll answer that question here in a second on the okay. Spro chat, chat versus OG. But, uh, I had one guy that I reached out to like, dude, I have so much cast to catch footage on your baits. I want to post it on the YouTube channel. I'm not posting it until I can retail your baits. And, uh, he said, Nope, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to sell to anyone but tackle warehouse. And, uh, I just sent him the middle finger emoji. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't send him the middle finger emoji. I just said, that's pretty crummy, dude. And uh, anyway, so I took all those files and simply just deleted them and had zero problem doing it. So. Oh, so anyways, pro tr- Chad Chad versus OG. Um, I would say that uh, they are almost identical. Um as far as rigidity or how strong and tough they are, um, I think you're going to be actually pretty surprised that the Spros are really, really strong. Those ABS, where those OGs, they're that resin material. They're meant to be dented, beat up a little bit. But if you hit them really hard, they might break. Ultimately, any swim bait you throw really hard. I had a guy one time 
throw an S waiver off of a damn wall and want me to warranty it through the store. I'm like, are you on drugs? This would be like me driving off the car lot, getting in an accident and, and wanting them to warranty my car accident. Like anyways, so uh, they run very similarly. I know both of them are, are very true running. They have very similar actions. Uh, so anyways, I, I have no opinion over one or the other as far as better or anything. I've seen the, their action. Uh, the mass produced one passes the smell test in your eyes. Is that, I guess that's the, yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't think, I don't think he would have let a bait go out that didn't match something extremely close to what he put out as far as quality. I know as a, as a, once again, as a businessman in the industry, if I'm tying my name to it, I'd want it to be pretty damn good. And, and listen, they're pretty good. We had a guy walk in today. He had three or four of them. And uh, we went down to the river behind the shop and I was like, those look good. <laughs> do you have either of the Chad Chads in your shop or do you ever? Nope. No, I, I've never reached out to them about selling them. I'm going to try to get some, uh, some should be able to get the new ones, right? You should be able, I mean, <laughs> wow. I should, I should be able to get the new ones, but all of my distributors, it's like they come in stock and they freaking yeah, go like they're, that. They're, just they're like pretty these, hard to come by even yeah. those for sure. Yeah. Do you yeah, sell bullshads? Like, yeah, we sell bullshads. Love bullshads. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, Mike's yep. a good dude. Love Mike. Mike's done seminars in my store before, man. Mike and I, dude, I've known Mike for a long time. I mean, literally, I've had my tackle shop for seven years, but he was a part of the Southern Trout Eater guys just as I as just as they were finishing the production of Southern Trout Eaters. I was starting my guide business um, in Western North Carolina, so I got to I got to link up with a lot of those guys at a super early stage. So I've known Mike literally, dude, for like a decade. So he's a stud. Awesome. I love him. So you got to him at the classic, I assume. Then say that one more time. You said hi to him at the classic. Then I assume. Oh, I hung out with him for like an hour, dude. I had I had a good time cutting up with the guys that he had uh, working working the booth too. So it was Hunter good. Hunter and yeah, the other fellow from Maine. I can't think of his name, but he's a big bass catcher from from up north. Nice. Yeah. Austin, do you think live scope can make an average swim bait angler learn 10 times faster than they would without live scope or just traditional 2D sonar? Uh, the answer is 100% yes. Um, think about if you're getting reps and you're only getting followers, you're only seeing followers that you can see with your polarized glasses. Okay, now amplify the number of followers you're getting times about 500 maybe not 500 but legitimately probably like multiply it by 10 it would blow you away how many how many uh followers you get on a day-to-day -day basis with a, uh your glide bait so with with forward face and sonar so 100 yeah, even understanding when you think it's two feet down or you think it's four feet down but it's only two feet down are you right like oh. you just yeah and then uh, you can uh, see what the fish respond to what speeds and like yeah even even it, it's not just swim baits so either it's jerk baits it's yeah chatter baits oh, yeah. right like you think yeah. you're slow rolling a chatter bait and you think it's eight feet down then you see it's three feet down on your sonar and you're like well i guess i didn't know what i was doing <laughs> yeah yeah totally so and then the other thing is just reading their body language you know right that's so huge with swim baiting i mean you've got to be able to tell immediately because here's the thing i'm not I'm not super big like fish fish are like uh, they get like custom like accustomed to a certain action or whatever. But I do believe, uh, you know, like 
you can tell immediately if the fish is just going to follow it and you're going to ruin them or not. Like, dude, a lot of times if you're throwing a glide bait, a forward facing, and you see those fish sprint to it or any bait for that matter, sprint to it, you're about to get clobbered. If they're about to just slowly follow it, you you might actually want to just burn it up as fast as you can and present a different bait to see if they come at it at a faster pace. Uh, and then the other thing would be if they kind of come at it at like a mid speed, sometimes you can turn those fish into eaters. So, and my, but I always do that. I call it the do or die. And that's like when I'm reeling it, I go and really make that where it might be gliding like this and I go and speed it up where it's like a shad trying to get the hell up out of Dodge and you're trying to get the, that reaction strike or not. Side so. or flight. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. They're either going to freaking smash it or they're like, whoa, that thing's. And you can know when you're, you know, you're going to know more often when your fish or your bait is actually around fish, right? Like, yeah. 100%. You're, you're constantly AB testing. And even Ben talks about it and he shows it in his videos. Like he even talked to Matt on BTL, right? He's like, well, how do you know? It's just like it takes. He, I think Matt asked him, like, how do you know if they're eating the boot tail? Like, or the mag draft or the glide that day is like, well, it takes me two casts, one with each, and I see how the fish react. And then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's literally, it's literally that simple. Definitely not trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, absolutely. You, you get any big smallies down your way on swim baits? Bro, one of the last videos I put up, I was using a line through with my son. We caught one small amount that was almost five pounds, another one that was three and a half. And uh, absolutely smash them on big swim baits, dude. And then last year, in one trip, I had uh, three smallmouth that were over 21 inches on a Clash 9. Nice. Uh, now, when I say that, some of you northern Midwesterners are like, oh, my God. He had three 21-inch smallmouth. You think these are like seven-pounders? <laughs> three and a half pounds. Yeah, like three and a half pounds. They're like little torpedoes in our lakes because all I do is chase herring. They're like freaking anorexic. They, they look like they smoke copious amounts of meth. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, about 10 years ago, fishing uh, Escanaba, which is a uh, Lake Michigan yeah, familiar. regional tournament. And in practice, I was throwing that old optimum. When opt actually, when the optimum line through was like, before it was the boom, boom line. Yeah. through, <laughs> Like when it first came out, I actually in practice caught some really good fish. And then they all turned into followers in the tournament. And, 10 years ago, I had no concept of like, I just kept throwing it and watching them following it. And I just should have switched to a jerk bait or of course something, right? Like I should yeah. have switched up instead of just watching them bump it and follow it and not eat it or trade colors or something. But like, yeah, yeah. It definitely... yeah that's, that's one of those deals that I talk about, about stiff arming. And a lot of guys, you just got to know when to put the stupid some bitch down and, and try something else. This is so. a t-shirt or a sticker that needs to be made right here. I'm writing this down. Oh, man. <laughs> Love it. That's getting tatted on my chest. That that's your so that's your forehead tattoo. <laughs> yeah, man. dude. There or maybe it'll be like a post Malone tat. It'll be like small mess. There you go. Yeah, bro. I'm committed, bro. I like face tats. I'm down for it. That's a good question. Do glides make those sound or do they make sounds or do they make those sounds? I don't know. What kind of sounds are you referring to? Like this sound, like no, they don't make that sound. But now the hinge on my trick light has a very squeaky sound to it. It almost sounds yeah. like a yeah. And then you know the hinkles when the when the hooks you know hit the side of the bait. There's definitely some ding ding clang clang. And uh, Ben and I actually talked about how we think that that's definitely a negative feature of hard swim baits. I mm. so so wish. 
if somebody if somebody wants to make a game changing swim bait, I'm about to tell you, create a Hinkle Shad of sorts that with has a rubber a, with a rubber booted skin on the bottom. Yes, or just something to dull that sound because that I think it does affect the fish. I mean, if they're really fired up, they'll eat it. But if you can freaking quiet that bait down or any glide bait down for that matter, I think it's really special. And listen, I think there's times when they're really aggressive where that hard because listen, when they when they hit things or suck things in, their mouths are bone. So like there's that noise. You'll I'm hundred percent sure they make that noise when they eat things or blow up or anything. There's a real sharp knock, but uh still I think when you're chasing giant bass, you need a freaking the more natural the better. So yeah, so sometimes the squeak is the juice. I would agree with that. How could you keep those glide baits quiet or frosting? You dip them. Listen, I'm going to tell you guys a secret. I just signed a monster deal with Trojan condoms. <laughs> you freaking put just, you just roll the latex right over there. And then so you take the hooks off. No, yeah. no. Keep the hooks on. That's the secret. Oh, keep them bagged up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you don't want it to leak, right? You don't want to have a one slip through. So you got to have them under, right? Or over yeah. the hooks. Yeah, but I will say this, um, you know, if if you use a heavier hook um, and even so if you use a heavier hook or even a thicker gauge hook, because it's, it's thicker gauge, as much like yet one, it doesn't swing as much. And then the sound that it makes is more dull where the thinner the hook, it's more that ting, 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 tinny. Yes, that's exactly right. So you can actually use a thicker gauge hook, which, dude, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. Oliver absolutely hated on me because I love the ST41 cut points, the black nickels. You know which ones I'm talking about? Yeah. But couldn't you just put some – I'm just trying to think. Like, Could you have like a little – like almost like a little silicone sleeve that goes over there that creates a little bumper just to keep it from like – telling you, the silicone sleeve's a Trojan, bro. So you don't need to cover the whole bait, though. You just need like that – that joint enough to keep it from like not wanting to slam into the i don't know yeah like i said my, my big thing is i've i have noticed there's those st41s are great oh which by the way you know what bait is really quiet is a depths 250 for this exact reason which I've is heard that one's decent which is another reason why i think a depths 175 and a depths 250 gets i mean dude that's like an iconic glide bait and, and why it's so good and why it catches so many big fish it has that silicone skin on it that that's like, I mean, it is like a condoms on it. And then, I mean, the, when the hooks hit the side of the bait, you can't hear crap. So something to think about, but right on. natural, baby. I like them natural. Just like I like my women, hairy. You know what I'm saying? All natural. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's terrible. Now, if you are a hairy woman out there, I apologize. Listening to this. More importantly, uh, John wants to know if you knew Jeremy Pratt when he lived by you. Um, Jeremy Pratt is kind of a gypsy, so he randomly kind of lives by me now every once in a while. <laughs> He's married now. But uh, no, what I literally mean, Jeremy Pratt is like a gypsy. He's just kind of here and there and everywhere. He lives in Minnesota, I think, right? He's up your way now. You don't know who Jeremy Pratt is? I mean, I know who he is. Oh, you don't know? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry. I was. He's a. He's. He actually just reposted a a video on Facebook of where he believes that he caught and released the state record Minnesota smallmouth. 
Oh, really? Dude, he but catches he scale. He's a he's a big fish dude. But uh no, Jeremy's never lived uh really close to me. He spent like two months down here a couple years ago and lived in my on my buddy's couch and uh we hung out every day at the tackle shop and went fishing a couple times together. He caught a dang giant on a uh Edo Shiner with me out of Lake Glenville. You can find that on the YouTube channel. He like a seven and a half pounder, which on Lake Glenville is a freakzilla. It's, What's it's up, awesome Ben? To see that ben has the time to haze you and he's not too busy. Oh, dude, Frostin, Frostin's my freaking name, bro, because I'm sweet and white. I, I, I go on top of the cupcakes. I did I did DM uh, you a long time ago or a while ago, Ben, in your Instagram, which you probably get way too many to invite you on sometime, but you probably didn't see it. So, um. <laughs> Dude, listen, that guy is so busy. I'm actually yeah. – I can, I can talk some crap about him because he's a buddy of mine, but he needs a business manager in a serious-ass way. I'm like – I'm ready – I'm ready to drop everything I'm doing and either be his business manager or refer a business manager to him because Cole is full-time video editing. Ben is full-time video creating. Here's the thing. You kind of operate at what you're good at. And Ben is unbelievable. He is a, he's very business oriented, but he is such a creative thinker, dude. It's amazing uh, spending time around him. But the reality is, is I'm like, dude, he is maxed out with his time so he needs yeah. a deck that's why i'm surprised that he's and it actually did i pulled up the channel and actually clicked on it and it actually is it's not because like you know people can come in here and like just change their names but that oh actually is, freaking yeah. dude denzel's like a slithery little snake sleeking around like a possum yeah. bro he's he's honestly he's probably multitasking if i had to guess dude ready i'm gonna guess he'll have to comment if this is what he's doing He's probably got a beer in one hand. He's probably piddling around with tackle, probably busting on Cole about getting some footage edited. And then he's in and out of this stream we're doing all simultaneously. I nailed it. I don't even, you don't even have to comment. That's exactly what he's doing right now. <laughs> Cole's probably for, for Bugs Island at the same time. I'm telling you, it's probably what he's doing. Cole's probably got a syringe with seven cc's of whatever ghost energy flavors up in that syringe, and he's just like straight bugged out, eyes red. Ghost energy it. with what's the whiskey that he the the buffalo or whatever the he's got a special Millican whiskey with energy drinks so he can like relax and stay active at the same time and get all this stuff done and watch the NFL draft. Look, look, Ben's literally has a beer. I just nailed the Cole just texted me that just now. Nice. That's freaking hilarious. Oh my goodness. That's too much, man. Well, dude, hey. I uh, it's eleven my That's time. Cool. You know what? And I actually got some baits that I wanted to get to, so we'll keep hanging out and we'll show off some baits. I appreciate your time, Austin. Cool. Yeah, man. Um, this was fun. Good having you back on. We got to yeah, we dude. got to pay off on the on the tease from two three months ago. Um, so, hey, thanks for the love, Shane. And uh, yeah, man. Like I said, you know, I'd love to see guys. I saw. I obviously saw you on it. Rich, and I, I think there's a lot of guys that provide can provide an excellent service to guys that are desiring to have more success and maximize their time on the water, make memories with their friends and with their kids and, you know, whoever. So, you know, if you know guys that are sellers, uh, would love to see them on there. And uh, yeah. So anyways, I think I think yeah. it's awesome. But I appreciate it, dude. I'm going to go get some rest because I've got to go run like 
20 like eight miles tomorrow so good to see that you never self-abuse and uh have a good time thanks brethren all right we'll, uh, we'll, you, just, we'll, we'll you, keep talking some baits take it easy austin all right see ya <laughs> well that was cool and it uh that was the the mf -er. I, I checked it out legit so but i do have some stuff i got some uh some mail from one of uh the visor gang here uh, I think there's actually some stuff we can give away in here. And then I got some stuff from AJ that I purchased off uh, his site. So we got the – just going to pop this open here. This is actually kind of something interesting, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see here. And this is from uh, Curly's Lures, West Point, Utah. Field Arsenal scissors slice into this. I feel sad that I missed out on TK's uh, Patreon stream. I don't have to. But uh, Curly's Lures, Max Plastics. He, uh, he he messaged me. Pick two winners and I'll mail them out. All right. So Colby has offered to, uh, to make some of these up. I don't think he said he wasn't trying to get rich off these, but he kind of made his own version of the fuzzy dice here. A little sampler pack. If you guys aren't familiar with, I forget what it's, uh, it's like Fuji. I don't know. I'm, I'm blanking on his name. He's the, the rookie uh, finesse guy. He was drop shotting these, I think, on Seminole, catching them. Was it Fuji? Fujita? I'm, I'm a... And these are, uh, he was catching them on drop shotting on this. It's almost, it almost reminds me of like trout bait. Um, so there's a couple different colors in there. Kind of methylate. And then kind of like a pumpkin chartreuse here. Yeah, it's Fujita. Um, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce his first name. We'll just, uh, so. We got these. If anybody's interested in getting some, oh, even I don't know. Did you intend to put a uh, a hook in here? Are you? Oh, I see what you did here. Is that is that actually how you do it? You're supposed to put on a little screw lock like that, and not actually go through the plastic. I guess I haven't really studied the fuzzy dice yet, because this one you actually got a screw lock, and I don't know if you can see that, but you've actually got little clear bait keepers on the hook to keep it pinned. Um. AJ, we're about to tap into some AJ baits here as well. Have I missed the giveaway yet, AJ? The campers, just an idea. Okay, so that's another take on it. So, oh, we got some some pumpkin pumpkin too. Pretty cool. I actually saw these a long time ago and thought they looked stupid, and then obviously. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll give one away right now, winner. So uh, we'll do a little StreamYard action. And then uh, we'll do another one after we look at AJ's baits here. Bear with me. All right. Most people are going right through the plastic, but they would definitely last longer with a screw lock. Agreed. Okay. And uh, we are going live tomorrow night, members only. 
So members, tomorrow night we're doing a watch party. If anybody's interested in hanging out during the watch party and uh, watching some old Bassmasters and commenting with me, um, let me know. Shoot me a message. And uh, we can have you on to join me. Hashtag Colby. We'll, we'll get the first one. Then we'll look at some of AJ's baits here while that runs. And then we'll do another one. So, yeah, if you guys, if anybody's interested, if AJ wants to return, if you're not busy tomorrow night, AJ, you can come back on. Otherwise, if somebody else wants to step up to the plate, we're going to watch some old Bassmasters tomorrow, Friday night. I owe you guys a member stream. Actually, you know what, Colby? I'm going to save one of these for tomorrow night. So we're going to do one drawing tonight, and then we'll give another set of dice on the member stream tomorrow night. It's executive decision. So there you go. I'll probably find something else to give away because we've been uh, negligent on the uh, member stream. So, yeah, I did invite TK, but he was busy. He was interested, but so we'll definitely do it with TK sometime, uh, Matt, but uh, not tomorrow night. What's uh, hook sets are free? What's going on? Are you streaming this week? I got some paper. I like how AJ recycled an Omnia box and returned it to the homeland. So we've got uh, coming home. We got some stickers in here. Got a, a horseshoe. It's like a really thick. Is that a magnet? Oh, look at that. We got a magnet. Getting fancy, AJ. This horseshoe customs magnet. Stick it to the. I don't have any metal back here, though. Kind of nice to just I'm gonna put that right there. I'm always thinking about you, AJ. Um, and then we got a, a little sticker here. A little updated one, Horseshoe Tackle. Very cool. Uh, and AJ helped me with uh, a sticker that I have now ordered stickers. Not quite merch, but we've got stickers coming. So at least when I do giveaways, beer fridge decor, AJ says. But uh, AJ says he can probably come on. So, all right. We can do more, too, if other people want to come on. But uh, And then uh, I, I, I ordered stickers. So part of the reason, as, as kind of payment and saying thanks for AJ helping me out with the, the, the first logo file, I've got sticker, Hellabass stickers coming out. So hopefully those will start rolling in and give some away. And when people win giveaways, I can throw a sticker in. I don't know if I'm going to sell them or not, but at least get some out. So, all right. So I grabbed some of AJ's plug knockers. So... Since I've been buying more expensive baits, I figured, and I'm too lazy to actually have like a hound dog or anything like that in the boat, I'll keep these plug knockers in the boat that clip on to hopefully save some baits. So hopefully these are, I forget, like these are like a couple bucks. Uh, pay for themselves if I can save one bait, basically. I'm working on it. We're getting closer to merch, stickers. They're coming, Daniel. Yeah, well, he smacked them at Santee, so we'll see if we, or uh, he did it at Murray, and then he, so we'll see if he can back it up this time, Mr. Robertson. And then I ordered some of these shaky heads because I want to try these out. Because I'm actually, I have used shaky heads like this for stupid tubes. And I have some AJ stupid tubes, but I want to try some of these. I think these are the 316 ounce uh, shaky heads. So um, grab some of these, experiment as an alternative for kind of more of a heavier style stupid tube. Grab some of those. I guess I got two packs of those, or I bought one set of... No, I bought two packs of those. 
shaky heads. Four dollars for two on the plug knockers. So literally, you get two plug knockers. So if even if you like save one decent bait, fifty percent of the time you pay for these. So all right, thirty-one people in on the Colby drawing. Uh, is that it? All, all the people that are interested in fuzzy dice are basically one thirty you on. So if you want a chance at some fuzzy dice, last call. Hashtag Colby. Sean's in. Sean never shy. You probably already have like the real thing, Sean, don't you? You want to probably compare them to the real deal. Taylor got in. Hey, boy, Taylor. Let's see. We got some uh, custom painted baits here. So I ordered a couple of DT10s in kind of a, I forget what you called these. I should have this. Uh, I don't remember, AJ. What are these called? They're definitely not blueback herring like it says on the box. Pull up the uh, the email. Chartreuse root beer. See, I knew AJ actually had the, or Sean had the real fuzzy dice. You can compare them. No, so these are chartreuse root beer, DT10s. So actual DT10s repainted with some uh, horseshoe custom. So I need some more DT10s in my life. Got that nice. Can't stop wa kind of washing out here. I might have to turn this down a little bit here. See that orange underbelly there? Kind of hard to see. It's not coming through that great. Bassin Malone says great color. I think there's more on the website at Horseshoe Customs. You can probably throw that link up there for people. Uh... Anybody sees anything they absolutely have to have? You're happy that AJ got me going on stickers, then you can you can buy uh <laughs> um, I don't remember what your sticker concept was. It, it escapes me, Rich. All right, what else? Let's we do the. Let's just do the. Maybe do the drawing here while we're. All right, thirty-five people. Colby says, "Great looking paint job, AJ." All right, let's uh, get somebody some fuzzy dice here. Top Toad. Top Toad. I feel like you may have won in the past. Uh, send me an email at contact at richlinger.com or send me a DM at Hellabass on Instagram or a Facebook message. Top Toad. And you will get, uh, I'll get, I'll pass your information on to Colby and uh, he can send you some dice. And then we'll do another drawing tonight uh, or tomorrow night on the members live. And some of the members will get a crack at uh, the fuzzy dice as well. Congrats, Top Toad. All right, what else we got crankbaits here? I think, let's see what's here. I grabbed some more. I got a bunch of DT6s here. So here's uh, what used to be Caribbean Shad repainted to 
Texas tomato. I kind of like this because I feel like our waters are pretty clear. So I don't really love throwing like a true demon. Um, first time winner, top toe. Well, congratulations. So this is and got, this is a little bit more. I mean, it's definitely crawdad orange, a little more muted. Just a good looking color. I need more DT6s are probably the bait that I've caught the most. I mean, from a crankbait standpoint, um, my best producing crankbait up here in at least Minnesota is the DT6. Even when I went down to Gunnersville, it was really good. So grabbed a couple of these. A little bit more of a definitely a springtime, falltime color, but not super in your face bright. So that's kind of why I picked up a couple of these uh, Texas tomatoes. So top toad, get a hold of me. Got a couple of those. Well, top toad's a, a member, so you can tune in tomorrow night and sweep the deal. Um, all right, what else did I got? I got uh, these two. I want to make sure I get. Uh, I think it's right. save that one for last. I love how you try to like work really hard to keep the packaging intact and they're just falling apart because they've been opened, AJ. And then we got uh, Hot Mustard Craw DT6. I've always been uh, a fan of the original Hot Mustard. That's more of a kind of a bluegill Hot Mustard color. Done really well on that and the Parrot. So I feel like this was a natural extension of something I needed in my box. Um, and AJ's known for his Craws. So if you like Craws, you should check out AJ's paints i like how this one definitely has that kind of like three-dimensional look to it like it looks like the paint job has depth so you did a really good job with shading where it looks like there's actually like a a ledge to under the shell of that uh, craw on that belly that's that's good work aj and that one is the uh hot mustard craw that one definitely is going to get bit up here Used to be Caribbean Shad, no longer. Rip Ike's Caribbean Shad. There you go. Hella design. Uh. Yeah, and the last one couldn't resist more former known as Caribbean Shads. These are the Nebraska Craw. So the Nebraska Craw. Look at that spiciness. Like I like this one because you definitely could pass as a bluegill and definitely pass as a craw. A lot of good stuff happening there on the old. Uh, I want to try out this. Uh, what does my other camera look like? I played around with another camera. Yeah, I just don't feel like this one doesn't look as good. Maybe it's a little more natural, but like the colors are less bright. But maybe it's more accurate. I feel like I like the other camera better. 
Yeah. Rob's a big fan of the Nebraska Craw. Or Ron, sorry. Yeah, almost like a blue crab for you uh, coastal folks. Daniel says they look better than they look on the website. I could pull up the website here. See what they look like on the website. Where did I go? I must. I think I must have bought. Where did I went? I went uh, hard baits. I thought there was a place where I just clicked on DT6s or DT10s. Yeah, here's where I went. There's the Nebraska craw, Texas tomato. Oh. Sold out. So you can get some Nebraska crowds. Still get some. So. All right. Top Toad, I think I see your address just came in. So uh, you should be good. Yeah. AJ does have some skills. Grizzly Shadow says the Sub-Zero Craw is legit. Yeah, the uh, the DT-10s, the first ones I showed, are actually uh, on sale for $12. I mean, like, that... Uh, I mean, depending on where you buy them, that's almost retail. <laughs> That's all right, Travis. Welcome back. Still a bunch of stuff on clearance. So, hey, check out uh, AJ's site. Help a, a fellow uh, Visor Gang member out if you're interested. If you want some cool crankbaits. Definitely we'll be fishing these. These won't be uh, just visual pieces. These will uh, be water tested hopefully soon. What else is going on here? Got a bunch of baits. I might even send you if, you, if you maybe leave a comment and tell them you're uh, part of the Visor Gang, maybe he'll throw you some stickers in your box. Uh, yeah, and they're legit. They're not KOs. They're actually balsa rapala. They're not just like plastic knockoffs. That's right. Uh, so members live tomorrow night. Um, a reminder that uh, I will be out at Lake Minnetonka for those that came in late. So Saturday fundraiser, uh, I'll have links down in the description to that. Um, I will be at Lake Minnetonka 10 to three on Sunday. If you want to hop in the CX 20, you can call the number on the Intune website, check out my boat, go for a ride on Lake Minnetonka if you're anywhere near Lake Minnetonka, where it's an easy drive for you, it'd be awesome to see some of you guys. Co-ride for some boats. 
see Sobe, see a few other people, lots of cool boats. Um, so, uh, just a reminder that uh, still time to sign up. Come say hi. And I actually might be doing a live stream in the morning from Lord Fletcher. So also watch the YouTube channel if you want to watch that. You definitely do suck less tonight, Top Toad. Uh, Taylor, I spent a little bit of time looking for smallies. It was pretty windy the day I went. I got frustrated by the wind uh, and the cold. It was so much. The wind really wasn't too windy to fish, but it was kind of annoying. And then just being that it was 35 degree air temps, it wasn't super comfortable to battle out there. So I ended up uh, retreating and catching some largemouth that day. But I did poke around some of the West Okaboji rocks for a little bit, but it, uh, it didn't catch any. First time ever to the lake, so I was kind of learning and checking things out. But uh, definitely a cool looking lake, and definitely won't be the last time. I made a long day trip to the Boji, um, so that was cool. Doo, doo, doo. What else? I feel like that's most everything. Is TK done? Or is he still? Uh, can we still catch the end of the TK stream? Well, good luck if you go out, uh, Taylor. Pre-fishing for a derby on Big Stone. Is, is it done flooding, Chase? Because I heard it was flooding bad. Has it come back to normal? Good night, Critical Gravy. Yeah, we'll probably wrap things up. We're right at two hours here. So um, probably going to call it a night and see a lot of you tomorrow night. So if you're uh, interested, want to be part of the, uh, the Visor Gang, you can join the membership and come hang out tomorrow night for a bonus stream. And we'll give away some more stuff. So... Uh, Volunteer, no way. Good to know. So now I got options. If I want to go to Boji or uh, uh, Big Stone the next time I get some time to go out. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. No stream next week, most likely. I got a work trip. I'm actually presenting at a conference for work next week. So probably not a stream next week. If it is, it will be later in the week, like Thursday or Friday. But uh, if you guys came in late, catch the replay. As always, here to help you guys catch more big bass. Suck less. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less. <laughs>